0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Occasionalist. Matt Pagel here once again with Adam Chemielewski. And, by God, is that his music? Oh, my God, it's Dennis Casellas here, too. Dennis, what's going on, man? You know me,
1: baby. It's the old razzle dazzler.
0: That's right. Dennis is in the house. And, oh, great Cherry's here, too. (laughs) Thanks, Pagel. (laughs) Thanks.
2: I'm just happy to be here.
0: No, th- Greg, thanks for being here, man. How are you
2: doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking.
0: And of course, as I mentioned before, Chema, my uh, my general podcasting partner is here as well. Chema, what's going on, man?
3: Dude, I'm excited. Like I said, we talked about the, the idea of having uh, Dennis and Greg on and everything, and much to my surprise, they are here. I, I'm excited to do this, dude. Let's do it up.
0: <laughs> this should be a, This should be a really fun one. We are going to do a 2020 we're gonna do a 2020 review episode our annual review episode it's going to be a little bit different because as it turns out um, while a lot of things happened this year a lot of things didn't happen this year um, that we would normally talk about. We would normally be talking about uh, you know new TV shows new movies, music releases even like books and stuff. A lot of that was just paused, so there's going to be big sections of of that that we're not going to really talk about, but we are going to talk, do a little bit more introspective kind of stuff, talk about ourselves, talk about some things that went right for us in the year, Um, and uh, we're obviously going to have to talk about the pandemic too, there's just no way around that, Um, even though Chema and I tried to avoid that, uh, for the most part we tried to avoid direct pandemic talk, because who the hell wants to continuously talk about that, Um, but we will talk about it here. So let's kick this thing off though with a little lightning round um, and this is more of a challenge to everyone um, i want I want you guys to give me a movie quote that sums up your feelings about 2020 and I want you to put a little feeling into it, a little performance into it. So uh, let's start off let's start off with Greg Cherry, your quote that sums up your feelings about 2020
2: <clears throat> Toto, I've got a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore.
0: Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> all right all right i like it we'll take it obviously uh obviously um little wizard of oz there uh dorothy from wizard of oz dennis how about you uh how about you throw me your um your your <coughs> quote that sums up the feelings of 2020
1: okay um well I, okay let's see if you guys can maybe guess it i'll, I'll give you a little hint it's a black and white you could even, you would put it in the category of a talkie. Oh, okay. It, Ooh, would, it okay. would be a talkie, yes. <sighs> Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance since left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little.
0: Oh, Dennis, going dramatic! Yes. Is that Citizen Kane?
1: Uh, no, but I think it's okay. around. It should be around that time. but that, 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 that two, was my first year maybe. Yes.
0: Um, is it I is think. it from The Grapes of Wrath?
1: It is not. Damn it, Cherry! What's oh. your gun? Uh, it it is it is said by. Clue. It is said at the end of the film. I I think it's one of the greatest monologues in film history, and it is said by. Mr Charlie Chaplin.
0: Oh, um okay. Charlie Chaplin.
3: Jesus. Um the great dictator or something? Is that like yeah, the There thing? you go. There we go. Good call. There, there you really? go. Oh, wow. the, Hitler okay. movie. Yeah, just, the Hitler movie it's, Yeah, the Hitler movie. Yeah. I was going to name off three Charlie Chaplin movies I knew, and I'm like, if it wasn't one of those, I'm out. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> Very nice. I, I mean, I mean, that speech goes on, you know, much further. It's it's an incredible moment in, in film history.
0: Like it? I that is no, that's that's fantastic. I love it, Dennis. Uh, Chama, how about you, man?
3: Okay, my quote is: "Truth is a matter of circumstance. Circumstance. It's not all things to all people all the time." And that is. If you guys feel free to take a guess,
1: um, yeah. Is it is it I'm more is it a though. more modern movie?
3: <laughs> yes, it is. It definitely is. This is a modern movie. This is a superhero movie, um, and it's a Marvel movie. I'll give you those. Okay.
0: Oh, um, oh. Go, Did Ed, someone someone throw out a guess? Mm. Oh, I, I just got to go. Endgame.
3: game. Okay. Note that is not the answer, unfortunately. It is a quote from Captain America, the Winter Soldier, ah. from one Scarlett Johansson, Natasha Romanoff, the Black Widow. And it is just basically one of these quotes that I think describes 2020 and people's version of mm-hmm. the truth and everything. Mm-hmm.
0: Those,
3: those couple words right there and a lot of people in this warp-twisted world and how they view stuff, it's all right there, man.
0: I would agree with that one. I would agree with that one. Um, you, you probably will be able to guess mine. Um, at least I hope so. We gotta get, gotta get ready here. Worse? How could things get any worse? Take a look around here, Ellen. We're at the threshold of hell. Oh, God.
1: Ellen, Ellen, oh, why is that?
2: I'm terrible with movie quotes, y'all. So I'm it's gonna, uh, from it's one.
1: from
0: <laughs> cr- Christmas Vacation. Absolutely, right? it is Clark Griswold uh, talking to. Oh uh, hell yeah, Griswold. Um, uh, basically at the beginning of of like really really before all oh, the madness really sets in. Um, that's when Clark <laughs> <laughs> uncourts that line. How about the wonderful descent of Randy
1: Quaid? By the way, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god,
0: yep. the Hollywood
3: star whackers are coming for him, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, talk about a guy that I did not think would end up the way that he is. And for some, I mean, I don't know. It's like he he literally became the characters that he plays in the movies, but he yeah, more yeah. twisted versions of them. Maybe he really it's does like have a metal took...
0: plate in his head. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Right. That's
3: right. <laughs> yeah. Going down the hill with nothing between the ground and my brain, but a piece of government plastic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Give me the yellow. and Don't <laughs> get cheap. That's right. forgot about that one. <laughs> All right, so that concludes our lightning round. Um, we're gonna we're gonna jump in here, the, jump in here, and um, the sort of the personal section of our personal section of our 2020 year in review, called the section silver linings, um, just some good things that happened to us despite all of the garbage that happened around us. Um, you know, if if truly nothing good happened to you, then maybe you really did have a terrible shitty year. Um, but I think we all had the same kind of terrible shitty year, but good things still happened to us. So um, let's let's start with you, Chema. Um, just give me real quickly the best thing that you did or happened to you this year.
3: Okay, I will tell you outright, dude. Like I'm sure you guys remember um, when Greg was on the epi- uh, one of the episodes we did in Movie May. I was having a lot of um, kind of problems with writing and trying to like kind of figure out a path, and I even totally stunted the flow of the conversation very early on in the episode by complaining about this situation. However, since that episode, I have completely shattered all writing goals of all kinds. I, we have done so much. We have moved so forward when it comes to like any type of uh, production, any type of like all this creative stuff and writing and screenplays and everything. We even, um, just last week, and I'm dropping this early too, which I'm very proud of, we dropped the first episode of our upcoming web series called What the Hell Happened in the Writer's Room.
4: Oh, episode yeah, yeah. Now- yeah.
3: Nice. Yeah, yeah episode one is now streaming on youtube i'm very proud of it i basically wrote a whole bunch of like short scripts i got like a episode of a pilot i got stuff in development that's it was a complete turnaround from that episode and i basically wanted to say that it is largely in part to the conversation that we had so i thank you guys very much for that and uh I uh, feel really good about everything that we've done in the last year, and I'm looking forward to more of it next year.
1: Thank yeah, you for bringing so
3: that cool. back to my attention because I think I saw something. I, I want to say you posted something
1: yep. somewhere, Facebook or or, or whatever. Oh uh, yeah, and believe me, that
3: thing is so up. Where, that thing is ready to go. So where where is it? Where can it be viewed? Okay, it could be viewed on um, Jess and I's like we're. Developing this pi- production company called Pilot Loams. Uh, Pilot L O M E S is basically a nickname that we have for uh, for our cat that is absolutely adorable. So if you go okay. to the <laughs> if you go to the Pilot Loams YouTube channel, the video will be there. And then we're also going to be posting the video again on the Toasty Castle Productions um, YouTube channel coming up here very very soon. So um, mm. or if not, you could go to my Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, whatever. There's links to. Uh, the video, um, they're Polish kaiju for sure. We're we're trying to make it happen out here any way we can. It's also on everybody Chema's, loves it's that also, toasty cast. That's right. It's also <laughs> on Chema's <laughs> OnlyFans. You can check
2: it out there too. Yeah, that's too. right.
3: Yeah, check it out <laughs> there <laughs> next to shots of my feet. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they're all God. blurred out. They have to pay for them. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs>
4: all,
0: uh,
3: all the toes, anyway. but the big toe is blurred out.
0: That's right. right. <laughs> the showstopper. Cherry, how about you, man? How about uh, something, something that you did that was great or something that just happened to you that, that really was a, a windfall for you this year?
2: Yeah, so it's kind of like a quick 2 part for me, if you don't mind, but, like, before everything happened, so 2020, we still had a few months there, you know, of non-COVID, and, dude, I was just hitting a comedy stride for me personally, right? Like... I was getting up to like seven or eight months at the time. I was booking shows, I was getting paid. I had the best set of my life right before COVID shut everything down and I was just on a cloud, man. And it was just, I was having a really good stride, right? Um, So even though things came to a pretty quick screeching halt, it was still awesome to have that high and there's nothing like it for me personally. Um, Since COVID hit though, at first I was a bit bummed, of course, you know, because I was missing out on my community and interacting with people, but I found that this isolation has really just helped me with my own self-reflection and my confidence, you know? Um, You know, just really helped me just give my time to slow down and to stop and actually focus on myself a bit more. Um, Whereas I probably would just keep going and burning the candle at both ends, you know? So I really do uh, am grateful for that to an extent, for sure.
0: Yeah, no, that's really excellent. Um, And obviously, I, you know, it's one of those things I really didn't didn't think about how... um, how this pandemic was affecting, you know, if you're like a big time comedian, you're going to get like your own Netflix specials and you can, you can pop up, fire up Instagram live and like 10,000 people will immediately, you know, tune in to see what you're doing. But I kind of forgot like how hard, you know, since you're sharing venues that like small time bands share, like how hard this is going to be on like the up and coming comedians too.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've done shows during COVID like socially distance and first started like parking lot shows and whatnot. And then some like, you know, Bigger indoor venues are able to have the spacing appropriately. So I've been able to do it for sure, but not as much as I did pre-COVID. But, you know, I see it coming back. Um, In my city of Fort Collins, they're actually opening up a new comedy club that I'm really excited about, hopefully beginning of the year. So um, things are starting to wheel back into motion.
1: That's good. I'm I'm,
2: I'm curious, Greg.
1: Um, I mean, you haven't been doing it that long, right? Like within a year or something?
2: It was a year in June. So, yeah, about a year and a half at this
1: point. I'm curious as somebody who, you know, obviously had the guts to just first get up and do it and do, you know, stand up in the first place Mm -hmm. and somebody that's still learning and, you know, you hear comedians talk all the time about, you know, the first couple of years is trying to find a voice. Like who are you as a comedian and what are you trying to, what are you trying to say Mm -hmm. to not have a crowd Or to not have that like instant, um, you know, response of having people directly in front of you for somebody that's still um, going through the growing pains. Did you notice that? What did that feel like?
2: Yeah. So it, it's, it's hard when you're working on new material, right. And trying to find your voice. Cause like you watch all these comedians, like some of my favorite ones are like Tom Segura, Nate Bargatsky, you know, and yeah, I love yeah. and respect their craft, but I'm trying not to mimic it. You know, you want to try to still, you know, you're going to have some overlaps there, but I'm really trying to break out of my shell and figure out, you know, what my identity looks like. And that's always yeah. changing. Um, during open mics, I was going all the time and being able to practice all the time and try different sets in different ways. And, you know, finagle that. But now when I do a show every month and a half, two months, you're right. It is kind of hard to get there. Um, honestly, and it's going to sound kind of corny because I feel like everyone's saying this right now, but I've been trying to mm-hmm. learn how to become more funnier on Facebook and how to try to, you know, like social media, try to like how to interact with people, get the reacts I'm looking to get. Because it's not you know, necessarily the immediate react that you get from audience, but if you're throwing material out there Um, Even if it's just on someone's status or posting your own, you're able to see what is working. So in different ways, you can see creative with your craft. It's just not quite the same as an audience. Right. I've heard so many people talk
1: about the reactions and stuff that um, that we get on social media is like Mm -hmm. pulling the lever on a jackpot. Like (laughs) you you put like you put your money in there, you pull the lever and then you're waiting for, you know, the outcome you're waiting for the likes or the responses or all that, you know,
0: cherry. And, just and... gets three thumbs down. <laughs> yeah, they're, not even, they're not even cherries
1: or sevens or whatever, <laughs> just, just whatever people, it's little just, booing emojis. Just, yeah, just, it just says leave three times.
2: Yeah. People are just copying <laughs> and pasting stock images of thumbs being pointed down down to my comments. <laughs>
0: oh, that's a good idea. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, I, I just have, here's, here's, here would be my bit of advice for you, Cherry. Um, yeah. Just go ahead and copy whomever That's how Carlos Mencia got famous right. right, 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 right I was
1: actually <laughs> going to say the same thing Because I've heard a lot of comedians I think most recently I, I think I heard Roy Woods Jr. Talking about like the first couple years Is you just doing other people Yeah, for sure And in and in that process You
2: eventually, you know, kind of discover yourself mm-hmm. No, absolutely that, it definitely, that definitely would sum it up I'd say pretty well
0: all right, Dennis, how about you, man?
1: Oh, my God, I have to go back to my notes. <laughs> oh, and this year sucks Christ. so bad, i got to find I something. I can't. It kind of does. Now that I'm sitting here, <laughs> you and, want? and Chema's like... You know, starting production companies and, and, you know, shooting a web series. Hold on. Ask Chema, Chema, though,
0: about how easy it is to start and end a production company. Well, I (laughs) I,
1: I mean, I get it. But meanwhile, I'm, you know, sitting here happy when I get to put on hard pants and go outside. I understand. Like, like that's what's that's what's exciting. But I I was actually um, at the end of March. You know, when things were really starting to ramp up um, here in Ohio and Cleveland in particular, um, I got laid off. I was laid off for four months, which was way longer than I had thought it was going to be. I mean, we thought maybe like, you know, two months, maybe you'll be out April, <clears throat> May and, and mm-hmm. we'll be back in June because things were I thought Ohio was handling it pretty well. Uh, and, and we were for a while at that period. But then all of a sudden, June becomes July, and then July gets into August, and you're like, uh, so I'm just professionally unemployed? Is that kind of where we've landed? I think that's an oxymoron, Dennis. Right. Um, But in the beginning of August, you and I had the opportunity to take a nice little weekend trip up to Buffalo. We got to spend the weekend on the beach at Lake Erie. Um, The best part was just the opportunity to finally get out, do something, be with other people, get to see, for me, old friends that I hadn't seen in, God, probably 15 years. Close to it. Yeah. Yeah. Our, you know, our old college roommate, um, Dax and, and his wife, Liz. And that was phenomenal. The weather was perfect. The weekend was perfect. I got one of the top three worst sunburns of my life. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> but, I mean, get, getting to see people that you know I hadn't seen in such a long time, it didn't even feel like it was that long mm-hmm. since the last time we, we had seen each other. We just kind of fell
0: back in. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. Hanging absolutely. out and, and, and spending the weekend together it was awesome. It, it was i i'm just gonna go ahead and tell you right now that was my thing too um so I'm just, I'm just gonna add to your story here a little bit um, was your wait
1: wait was your thing that a week after you came back and started work again you probably got covid 19 no, <laughs> no. That's, oh that's you, the rest there's more of my story oh <laughs> that, yeah that was Yes. I mean, seriously, I think it was about five days after we came back and I just started work again. So i had been at work for like four days. And then that fifth day I started feeling awful, like like a light switch, like instantly, like back pain and then whole body aches. I'm like, what in the world is going on? This is weird. So I did the thing where I did, you know, a virtual doctor's visit or whatever with the Cleveland Clinic Unfortunately, they said, well, you can't get a test because you're not in a high risk group. You know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not 65. I do have a kidney and liver disease that didn't qualify, apparently. (laughs) Whatever. So they said, well, we can't authorize a test and almost nobody's going to authorize a test for you. Just assume you have it. So basically quarantine for 10 to 14 days, then you should be okay As long as you don't have any symptoms, you can go back to work. So the whole thing was really, really weird. Things that I'd never experienced before. I'm talking. This is going to be a little bit gross. Awful night sweats, <laughs> like so bad that I'm I'm sweating through sheets and a pillowcase in a night, and I'm wrapping myself in towels. I'm I'm sweating so bad. Nothing that I'd ever experienced before. And that stuff lasted. Uh, everything pretty much lasted five days. And after that, you know, symptoms broke and, and it was all good after that. So, yeah, there's probably an 80% chance that I had COVID.
0: That does sound like a really fun thing that happened to you this year. Yes. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. No, um, also alternate theory, you might have had sun poisoning too. Yeah, thought about that as well. Yeah, because That's I felt I I like dog shit cool. for about two days after I got back from New York.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, but uh, yeah, there, wow. Dennis. I I agree with you. That was sort of my thing, too. Obviously, not getting COVID uh, or potentially getting COVID, but just the um, just the sort of like that was sort of. Now that I'm really thinking, now that we are where we are now, that was like the last bit of like normalcy that we that I've had. Was yeah. being able to, to hang with you and Dax and list up in New York and some of uh you know new friends to you and people down that I've known for a couple of years. Right. Um, getting to see them again, to get to see them. Obviously, they're not you know a lot of them live in the city, but they had no reason to be in the city. Um, actually, a lot of them like um the homeboy uh, Joey. He like I think he bought a place up there because okay he, he wasn't supposed to. He's not even scheduled to go back to the city until like next June. So mm. like you know what is he gonna do? um so he like lives up there now at least like for you know part-time yeah. um yeah so it was like really nice to get that last like bit of summer that last bit of like normalcy having fun not worrying about anything because if the same opportunity came up now in some or let's just say we were we were at like the bizarre numbers that we we're at uh that we're at currently you know back in the end of july beginning of august i don't think yeah. i would have gone up um yeah probably <laughs> for their sake and for my sake i don't think i would have gone up uh to do that weekend right. And I'm I'm really glad we did. You're right, like because the weekend we were going to go the weekend before, and of course it poured rain, it was shitty, and turns out we couldn't have gone up. Well, I guess we could have. We would have just been sitting indoors with Dax and his kids like for <laughs> right. two straight days. Um, so like everything just worked out perfectly, and it was such a fun it was such a fun weekend, and really the last weekend I've had this year that felt like something completely normal.
1: Yeah, and if I did actually have COVID, you know exactly where I got it from. Yeah, and that much. would be the water bear. Oh, for
0: sure, <laughs> cousin Jeff. Cousin Jeffrey yeah, had—I it, I think he had it twice the, the last year. Yeah. Oh man.
2: Hey, is anyone else still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Look alive, Greg. Chum on alive. mute again. <laughs> yeah, Chum on
0: mute again. Chum, what's going on, man? I guess. I guess nothing. Oh, Okay. All right then. Well, we'll. I'll send him a message, and we'll continue on. I'm gonna make a little.
3: Oh shit! Sorry. No, sorry. I was. I did. <laughs> no, Jesus, I was, you yeah. Jesus. I was actually. I was actually answering your question and stuff, and I didn't want to. Like, I just basically didn't want to like interrupt with um, any kind of like drink beverage making sounds and all that thank, stuff. But
1: by the way, thank you,
3: thank you, Adam. It
1: <laughs> because I have a uh, a delicious, and I will say, not a sponsor. Uh, arrogant bastard ale from Stone Brewing. Oh,
0: oh, uh, you mean they're not a sponsor that I was mm, unaware of? Not.
1: <laughs> they just sponsor me personally. Okay. Um, but I've actually, like, I've been covering up the microphone. I've been subconscious of whether or not you can hear me. Digging, oh, we can hear. It. Like trying to quietly burp, like off to the side. <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, dude. Like, I, I was muting the microphone and everything like that. I wanted you to get through that because, like, I'm telling you, I am very sorry that you got laid off. And I know a couple people that um, have had some hardships as a result of this pandemic and stuff. And, It's one of these things where like when you hear these statistics and everything like and you don't know somebody, it's like different. But when you actually know somebody that has been affected by this and stuff, it's it just shows you like exactly how real this situation is and stuff. And like, you know, people aren't people aren't losing their jobs over like some hoax or something like that. You know that this is a real serious situation and then go fucking figure that you finally get back into it. And then you get the. There's a chance that you might have the freaking virus and everything <laughs> right. like that. You Literally know? back like, at
0: work for a
1: week and then have to immediately take two weeks off.
3: Yeah, I know. You work like you go through all that and stuff. And like during that, that was the pandemic was at its height, and you're making all these life adjustments and stuff. And you, you know, you're going out and doing everything, following the rules and stuff, doing what you're supposed to do. And you go through all that, and it's just like a, it's like a smack in the face and everything. And like yeah, I. To comment on the the brighter side of um, your and Matt's year, I'm glad you guys got up there. I know you, that Matt, you do that every single year. And why, if the if the COVID is going to take everything from us, you should at least have the like something like that. You know, you should at least have one thing. That you could get out and do mm. that, that you enjoy that you do yeah. every single year. Yeah, I'm certainly hoping to make that an annual thing now.
0: Well, they normally well, they not would the do COVID, it. not
1: the COVID part, but
0: that's <laughs> <Right. it. laughs> um, I'm no, hoping every year. Fingers crossed, baby. <laughs> I really love the next sweats. <laughs> yes. One. Um, uh, no, I, I they normally would do a big thing um, on Labor Day weekend. Is like right. when they when their big that's thing is right. obviously just could not legally could not do it in New York this year, but also it would be a terrible idea to do it in New York this year. So,
4: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, so there's, yeah, there is, there is a good chance that cousin Jeffrey gave you, um, gave you coronavirus. <laughs> he's, right. he's cousin Jeffrey. he is a wild person. Nervous. Oh my
3: God. He is a wild Wait, would you person. Did you guys that, call him the, did you guys call him the water bear? The is water that bear. what he's called? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. He is a huge man. He used to play football at, uh, where do he play? Monmouth. Um, he used to play football okay. at Monmouth. And like, we're all very certain that he has like severe CTE. Um, But he is really, I mean, he's really friendly. Like he's really nice, really friendly. He's just yeah, like a big,
1: really gregarious
3: dude.
0: Yeah. But he just clearly like has been hit in the head a couple times.
3: I gotcha. I understand what you're saying. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, Shema, since your mic's on, um, how about an unexpected new pleasure or hobby that you picked up this year?
3: Yeah, I am actually learning how to do uh, stop motion animation videos. I did a crack at it a couple weeks ago. I, it was, it was kind of fun. You know, it's something that does take a while to do, but uh, it's pretty cool. Out of all the stupid little production things, I guess one could pick up. That is my little blast of unexpected joy uh, in 2020 was picking up stop motion animation.
0: Very nice. That's uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting little hobby there. <laughs> um yeah
3: very weird i'm not gonna lie very weird selection <laughs> even for me um i don't it was great i don't even watch cartoons in real life hey, or anything like I, I like robot chicken's good but like i don't i'm not like you know oh my god i must watch robot chicken so there was just one day i uh my buddy was showing me this app and everything that that you could do it and um just sitting around the house, like, hey, let's give this a shot. And I've done a couple. One, one of the videos is on my Instagram. I have another one that I'm, uh, that I got to do the the vocals for and everything. But it's just kind of a cool little stupid thing to pass the time. Something I've never, I've never tried before. Here you go. I'm sure it passes a lot of
0: time. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it, has a lot yes, it,
1: does. it has to. Oh
3: yeah. Oh, let when me take this action figure
0: intricately
1: move it a little bit. Take a picture. Yep. Oh, yeah, <laughs> three
3: hours later when you watch a 45-second video, you're like, oh, man, this is totally worth it." That everything. really paid off, baby. <laughs> right.
0: How about uh, Dennis, how about you? Did you pick up a, a new hobby or anything this year? A little bit. So in 2019, I actually um,
1: I decided I was going to buy myself a bike. Ooh. And I actually kind of bought it towards the end of the summer in 2019. So I didn't actually get to ride it too much. But in 2020, I had a lot of free time on my hands, guys. (laughs) Uh, um, So I actually found myself. uh, My aunt and uncle gave me an old, uh, well, older um, bike rack that just attaches to the trunk of your car. Yeah, yeah. Because the the. The worst slash hardest part about having a bike is trying to transport the bike. Yes, it is where you want to go. And there's no point in riding the bike to where you want to then ride your bike. That's like having to ski to the ski resort. You want to go <laughs> to like, well, I've already done the activity. What's the point now? Um, so I saw myself actually riding my bike a lot, um, in in early mornings and go to the metro parks here in Cleveland and it was fantastic. And then I kind of felt the transformation that was happening into cyclist guy. Are you you wearing tight clothes everywhere? No, but I could feel that coming. I could (laughs) feel that change happening (laughs) in me. Cause I have, I mean, I just have like a, a, you know, a hybrid bike. It's, it's a Jameis. It's, it's nice. It's quality. But when you get into, like, the road bikes and the cycling stuff, Mm -hmm. I mean, my bike cost me because I got hooked up by my cousin. Um, So I I paid a couple hundred dollars for mine. But, dude, you get into thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. in in equipment and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And yet I found myself wondering, like, huh, okay, I went five miles today. I went six miles the next day. You know, and you see that progression, you're like, Man, I wonder if I could do, you know, 15, 20. Right. And then I got to wear bike shorts and I got to get a helmet. And Greg and, and Matt, we know someone who is cyclist guy. (laughs) <laughs> and that was the image. Our our, our fraternity brother Brian Kimmel was yep. the image in my brain, <laughs> stopping me from becoming cyclist guy.
2: <laughs> the epitome of fitness. Yeah, I, I thought
1: <laughs> for a 2nd there, Dennis. I thought this was going to lead. He literally rides like twenty miles? Oh, at least today to
2: to a brewery. <laughs> yeah, come <laughs> <To get, laughs> yeah. back at you You know they're going to hit him harder. For <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> right. You know, Dennis. For yeah. a
0: second there, I thought this was going to lead into you, like you, like. And anyway, that's how I finished third of the Tour de France. <laughs> yep.
3: <laughs> yep. Did most you buy, people didn't watch it? But did you buy a pair of PC principal glasses yet? Or is that worked your way into your wardrobe? No, no. I think the so the furthest I've gone.
1: Um, what do I want to say? Accessory wise, got my got my gauge. You know, got to have the water bottle. Um, I've got my like, you know, safety lights. I got the light on the front that you can flash so people can see you got the Mm -hmm. light on the back. Um, luckily that's as far as I've taken
3: it. Okay. So, but but we're in the winter,
1: but (laughs) right. Yeah. But we're, we're in the winter time. So it's wrapped up. So in, in the spring, we'll, we'll see what happens. There you go. Yeah. I like
2: it. Cherry hobby, man. Yeah, man. So I've always been like a cooking guy. Like I like to cook, you know, just the past yeah, time. Yeah, buddy. But what I've really been doing, I don't know what it is, but there's a store here called King Supers. It's basically, it's literally Kroger, just rebranded for the West for some reason. Um, so it just has all Kroger brands, but it's just, it's called King Stoopers. And it's, I don't it's, know part why. Of,
0: it's part of whatever parent company Kroger <laughs> that, is. Right. right.
2: Yeah. That's such right. a weird idea to me. Like,
1: oh, okay. Well, we've got Kroger in the Midwest and on the East. They're not going to get that. In <laughs> really? right. They won't we even understand gotta, what right. the store is. We've got to call it uh, Uncle
0: Grumpy's Food Place. Uncle Grumpy's what? Food Place. That's what I'm naming my oh. bar and restaurant. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but what I'm getting at, though, is that they've uh, been having some really ridiculous sales on a really good steak lately. And so I've been using that opportunity to hone my steak cooking skills on the on the uh, cast iron on the stove. So,
4: Ooh, honestly, nice.
2: Cast be- iron. Yeah, it is. It's become kind of like an art form for me now. You know to like figure out the best way to cook steak. And I don't know, man, but there's something there's there's not much more satisfying than cook, than cooking a perfectly good steak, you know? Yeah. And OK, Greg.
1: Oh God, Greg, <laughs> Greg, there's yeah. so
2: many questions because
1: I love this so far okay. reverse reverse searing. What's your thoughts?
2: You know I mean, you can go for it, but I keep I keep my I keep my method pretty uh pretty simple and straightforward, man. I just uh butter the okay. shit out of that thing. <laughs> toss right. it in there for about maybe three and a half, four minutes on one side, flip it, but then on the flip side, um I'll put more butter on top of the steak and inside of the pan. Nice. And then let that go for about another three minutes or so to get a nice just medium butter rare. The, <laughs> butter the butter the shit weird. out of it. The Dude, essence that's my French saying. cooking. Yeah, from Ohio, the shit out of promoted. <laughs>
1: yeah, actually, it's can I so... give you can can I give you a tip, Greg? I don't know if yeah, you've tried s- this or not. But this, I, and if you haven't, once you do this, I think this will be the only way you prepare a steak. Okay. So take, you know, take your steak and it'll take about like five hours. And it's really mm-hmm. just the steak resting, basically. But just put it on a wire rack with a little pan underneath so it can catch any kind of, you know, drippings or something in the refrigerator. Just liberally salt both sides and then mm. let it sit for about five hours because it okay. brings the moisture up to the surface. The salt pulls that moisture up, but then eventually, after a couple hours, that moisture recedes back into the steak and pulls that salt with it. Ooh. Your steak will be perfectly seasoned you, inside that. and out.
2: Fucking you chemistry know, shit going on here. Jesus. Yeah. 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 You know, that kind of reminds me uh, my mom at New Year's Eve. She would always cook like a giant filet mignon, but she would cover it in this big old salt armor cast thing, basically. Okay. They had to yeah. break open with, an, with a hammer. It yeah, got yeah, that yeah.
3: hard in the oven.
2: And uh, so imagine something kind of similar to that. But yeah, that sounds good. I'll try that next time.
3: So when you're um when you're in the store that's like the West Coast version of Kroger because we have the same thing here in LA. We have Ralphs where you go in there and it's Kroger stuff, you know, but it's just you're at Ralphs the store. Really? Have you okay. had the oppor- Have you had the opportunity to dive into the um it's not the Kroger, it's it's a Kroger brand, but it's not like Kroger, it's called Private Selection. It's um it's basically like Kroger's like slightly nicer version of the Kroger brand item. The previous that's right. It?
2: Oh, yeah, dude. dude. All, all, all the time. I use their uh, coffee espresso rub when I'm doing barbecue. Mm.
3: Yeah, it's amazing. I telling you that whatever that that private selection brand, whatever you want to call it, that stuff is absolutely amazing. The ice cream, I will kid you not, the ice cream is fantastic. Like for two hours and 50 cents for a little pint of ice cream, which is on the cheap, you get really good ice cream. Any kind of sauces that they make are all really good. So I'm telling you, just Matt, Dennis, if you guys are ever in a Kroger and um, you're looking to get some really good stuff, the private selection brand is top notch. And we, don't, we, don't, don't, we have... don't do Kroger
1: up here like in northeast Ohio. We have giant Meyer eagle now. everything's it? giant eagle. Yeah. We have Meijer now it's, too. And uh, yeah, we do have Meyer and Heinen's. Heinans is, is local to us.
2: And BJ's. It's,
3: is Kroger in uh, Columbus by any chance? Is it down there? Like, do they have it in Ohio think, at all? I, yeah, no, they, they have it in Bowling Green. Is, I think it is like, yeah, okay. that's true.
1: There was one in Bowling Green.
3: We had their headquarters yeah, yeah, in
1: Cincinnati. Wow. Yeah, Northeast Ohio is like okay. a weird. Like, there's just like a weird wall <laughs> around, around
3: <laughs> it from any other grocery stores, but like Heinen's and, and Giant Eagle, basically. No, I, I gotcha. And like, I remember there was some like reference to Kroger on a boys episode, um, either this season or at the later part of last season. And I was like, where are there, where is there a Kroger in Cleveland for this superhero to be in? It's,
0: it's from, um, no, it was from when they're in Sandusky. I know the episode you're talking about. It's when they were, when the, the arrow, whatever the hell his name is, Archer, um, Eagle, the, Eagle, the Archer.
3: Something like that. Meets, like, he's meets talking him, to the deep and everything. Yeah,
0: meets him in he meets him in Sandusky, and they talk about going to Kroger, which I okay. feel very certain that there is a Kroger. Like when you get off like Route Two, I feel very certain yeah. that there's a Kroger there.
3: They got him up there. They have like they have something called Bassets up there too. I mean, mm-hmm. they got it's a it's a whole different world from the uh, Northeast Ohio grocery uh, grocery market or whatever you want to call it. So. It's
0: like a foreign country.
3: It is. It basically is Western. Uh, western. What the west part of the lake? Completely
0: different country. Mm. Uh, so you guys, I got super fucking nerdy this year, and I think I'm going to get even nerdier next year. Uh, I bought a drone, and I really <laughs> fucking love it. Um,
2: <laughs> oh, oh Peggle's not allowed near any windows with it though. That's oh, I, I flew into a t- <laughs> t- I flew it. It flew straight into
0: a TV uh, like the first night I had it, and I was like, okay, I got to I got to learn how to fly this thing outside. Clearly, um, but like. <laughs> the one they're they're really fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, inside
1: not a good idea. Not
0: a good idea. Not not until you become very good at it. Um right. It it is sort of like, you know, having been like a video game player for so long, there is sort of uh there's a little bit of like uh, you know, like I I can already kind of like just pick up a pick up the joystick, pick up the controls and kind of go at it pretty easily. Sure. Um, there sure, is obviously sure. like an adjustment to how it moves and stuff because like it it doesn't move with the same speed that like a controller in a video game does. Like there's like a Just a little bit of latency, um, so you got to account for that. Uh, But here's something I never knew about drones. They are loud as fuck. Um, (laughs) Really fucking loud. And so, like, eventually I'd love to do some, like, drone photography with this thing. But, like, I can't in good consciousness, like, take this into the metro parks and unleash this thing. Because it'll scare (laughs) off every bird every every last bit of wildlife for miles around plus, plus yeah, the it's metro also parts are just
1: going to be desolate for right. animals
0: plus um, you know when you go down like into the into the uh, into the CVMP, right now it's eagle season down there i'm sure that if i flew that drone too close to uh, you know like a grouping of eagles that thing would be taken and i'd never see oh. it again but... Well,
1: either
0: either that, or you start clipping a couple, and now you got a federal lawsuit yeah. on your hands. Oh, dude, they wouldn't even feel it. They would take that thing and rip it to shreds in their giant talons. Um, they're they're <laughs> uh-huh. they they cool literally too, they they are like a, that. They're that aggressive, especially like this time of year when they're nesting and stuff. Um, but yeah, like it's I've gotten into it so much that like I think so I have this it's I have this drone. It's maybe. Um, Maybe diagonally, like if you're to measure from like front, you know, front right to back, back left, and vice versa, it, like like it's an X shape, and it's probably like a foot uh, in you know to either access. But like I kind of want to like build my own like big one, like I, I think that's like the next step next year is is to build my own drone and then you know terrorize uh, nature with that. So is this so really you, you've been working you... out all these years? So that way you could get a
2: drone so people can't make fun of you? <laughs> exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. Okay, he's not using it to murder people, Greg. <laughs> not yet.
2: Well, I don't know. I could, I could
0: definitely put a have big you, knife on this one. Just stab people seen, with it.
1: Have you seen the videos? And they're probably from a couple years ago, if I remember correctly. Um, of guys who have done custom drones. And these things are ridiculous. Oh I'm yeah, talking like... There's like eight different, you know, like sets of, you know, blades or whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, Rotors. That can, that can literally drag people Yeah. and lift them into the air, like several feet.
0: More, what's, what I'm, what I'm more impressed by is this is like a, this is like an $80 drone. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty basic and I bet I can get this thing close to 25, 30 miles an hour in a straight line. (laughs) It's fast. It is like bizarrely
3: fast. (laughs) So know, I'm crazy. I'm crazy jealous. I want one of those things so badly, man. Like I'm really jealous of you. And
1: I just the, can't find me, a practical use
3: for it. There is no practical I mean, use no, for it at all. Just, just being a super creep. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, so we, where we are in the city, um, there's literally like you go over this hill. It's a half a mile walk. On the other side of this hill is a beach and the Pacific ocean. We cannot fly drones on this beach because of um, LAX airspace regulations. <laughs> so in order for me to like go fly a drone, I have to like get in the car and go somewhere right. and stuff to do it. So, <laughs> so like, it, it's just like, it just gets me, you know, like every, I've looked at those things so many times on Amazon in the course of the last couple of weeks, like even, oh man, should I just pull the trigger and get one? I'll figure it out later. But the point is, is that I should just be able to like walk to the nearest park, which is the beach across the street from me or down up the hill. And I can't even do that. And it sucks. And that would be the coolest thing in the world to it's, sit there on the beach and fly my fucking drone. Right.
0: Technically, technically speaking, I don't think I can necessarily even take it into a park. Um, <clears throat> like there are like drone regulations in the state of Ohio, but they're really like, they're really vague. Um, like they just said, like, you know, like if you want to fly it someplace, it has to have like a landing area. Well, what hmm. qualifies as a landing area? <laughs> right. I mean, I can put uh, it down like it anywhere. Is. If I crash into a tree, it landed. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, like, there's a, there's really vague, and I, I guess like most states have pretty vague outlines and ordinances about like what first off, what even constitutes a drone, and then also like where you can fly them, how you can fly them, how high. They, you know, obviously, if like you live near an airport, that's like a whole, totally different story. Um, but most states aren't, which is of course most states are behind technology so there's like a very the gray area on drones and like where you can use them what they are it's a very very big gray area right now
3: of course
0: all right so uh cherry let's start with you real quickly here uh something you learned about yourself during uh during this difficult time
2: yeah, I learned that I need to be way more intentional with my relationships and stay in touch with people that, you know, I've built community with and whatnot. Um, especially, like, you know, it was so easy to do when I was, like, doing comedy all the time. I was seeing my people, like, four or five times a week on the average. Um, but during this, you know, and just being isolated, you know, makes me kind of a really prioritize who I Have in my life and who I reach out to and be more intentional with those relationships for sure. Yeah, buddy.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just I might as well just jump in with Greg because I kind of felt the same. I I I really felt the same way. Um, man, there were just moments, and I know, and it still happens. It's still stuff I got to work on. I just kind sometimes I just feel like a shitty friend. (laughs) Like I do. Yeah, and I get it. I I do. So this this will kind of tie into something we a topic we might get to at the end hopefully uh but my buddy zach um who's a a good friend of mine um from when i lived in erie pennsylvania and he had messaged me um back in march it was kind i think it was kind of around the time when i was you know actually getting uh laid off and i just did the thing where i i looked at the message real quick and i was like oh okay cool i gotta get back to zach and then i just kind of as easily as i read the message that's it's as easily as, as it went away basically like out of mm-hmm. my consciousness and then it took mm-hmm. me like three months and i had and i found myself looking at it again and going damn it how did i not respond and i even do that sometimes with with you guys and matt and, and greg know, and we could probably reference this that's, because, to, that's you know, because that guy Frank plan. killed you. <laughs> right. <laughs> trying to trying to, trying to plan this episode, I, I just do that, and it's probably my ADD getting the best of me, but I you know, look at the message, and then I put it down, and I'm finishing something at work, and then all of a sudden, it's two days, and Pagel and Greg are going, I'm pretty sure Dennis is dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, Those are the legit actual words. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, um, and then I have to come back and go, Guys, I'm I'm on, I'm just on vacation. I'm definitely not dead. I'm with my friends Jonathan Silverman and Andrew McCarthy. We're at a beach house. I'm wearing sunglasses and totally not dead. Everything's fine.
0: Dennis, you need to you need to start doing being Bernie Lomax for Halloween <laughs> with two other people and just have to carry around all night. <laughs> but mostly just sit on a couch. Yep, <laughs>
1: that'd be amazing. Oh, that's perfect. I don't have to do anything.
0: You can be real drunk and have people
1: carry you around. I was going to say, I'll just sit there with my hand out in the general, you know, like a claw where people can just put a beer in there. They can lift it to my mouth and I drink it. (laughs) That's amazing.
3: Yeah, dude. number one, I completely endorse that. And number two, I understand what you guys are talking about. Like this has been a really crazy year when it comes to just reaching out to people. And I've, Honestly, I have done pretty much the exact same thing. There was one time where I was like, "Yeah, hey, like I'll, I'll I'll hit you up next week or something like that," and all of a sudden that turned into like, you know, like three or four months. Like maybe like one of my friends like we interact on social media or something, and I'm like, "Oh, maybe that constitutes our weekly interaction or something," and you just get like pushed back <laughs> and pushed back, and all of a sudden all this time goes by and it's like, I I didn't mean to like, I I, like, I'm not like an asshole. Like I didn't mean to like not reach out or whatever, but it's just weird. It's like for all this time that we've had, it's almost like we had no time whatsoever, you know? And like, and, and when you're going through it, like dude, there are some days where like, you know, we're working from home or whatever. And it's like, there are days that just eight hours feels like 14 and then when I get to when I get to Sunday right before the next week, I'm like, can you fucking believe how fast that week and weekend went by? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's right. It's yeah. such a weird thing. And then all of a sudden like, you're, getting,
1: I, you're going back straight into the routine and and obviously yeah, you're I, doing it all over again. But you get no, that. that's exactly you hit, you, right. And you hit that weird period. And again, if it's been like, you know, two weeks or something, or maybe you just kind of let it, you know, responding or something let slip by. And then you have that moment where you're like, uh, is it appropriate to respond now? Should I acknowledge the fact that I suck and it's been it two right? weeks? Like, how do right. I approach this situation And go? Oh, by the way, the last two weeks, you should be satisfied that it's only been two weeks. So I'm just going <laughs> to keep going as if it hasn't been that amount of time. <laughs>
3: That's the only way you can do it,
1: dude. <laughs> right. Right. Just act like no time has passed. You sent that five minutes ago. We're yeah. cool.
0: Just pretend. Just pretend like you were potentially abducted by aliens. <laughs> There's a whole gap, and you know, a, you know, a time gap that you have, and just like, oh man, I, I, sorry, I didn't know. I was unaware of all this.
3: I love it. Great strategy.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chema, Chema, how about you?
3: Okay, dude. So, uh, no joke. This one is a kind of like a simple one. Um, hold on one second. Uh, So mine uh, is basically, I do not like Burger King anymore, man. That's something I learned about (laughs) myself this year. (laughs) I all the stuff. I I don't know if I've ever really friendship and good relationships. Cello drops a Burger King bomb on us. I know, man. And like when I when I lived back in Cleveland, like Burger King was not. It didn't taste all that bad to me. Like I mean, as far as like. The, the fast food food chain or whatever you yeah. want to call this the, the fast food pyramid. I thought Burger King was not all that bad out here. It is bad, dude. It is so bad. And like, <laughs> I went, um, I went to, 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 Burger King last Thursday night and I'm like, okay, I, I ate kind of healthy this week. Let's just, just have like a couple of burgers, you know, I'm not going I didn't get any fries or whatever. So I go there and like, I'm really excited for this because like the Whopper junior, like the Mayo, like frame, Flame broiled combination of the Whopper Jr. just like tastes fantastic to me at times. This was not the case. And then I started thinking to myself, I'm like, man, like I think the last time I went to Burger King out here, it absolutely sucked ass. And like (laughs) here I am, like eating this food that like it tastes awful, but I drove all the way to Burger King to go get it. And I'm just sitting there having this moment. I'm like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Like I just don't (laughs) think that I could do this anymore. So um, I. Burger King is out, and I guess it's got to be replaced with like, 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 dude, yeah, (laughs) yeah. dude, dude, McDonald's McDonald's is so like, McDonald's is such a machine, like, definitely, it is such a corporatized machine that McDonald's, like, it's just like, it's pretty much guaranteed to be okay. And if your burger sucks, at least the fries are pretty good half the time. And if you have a (laughs) cold burger and cold fries, go back and go postal on the place, but McDonald's <laughs> is just like a way more consistent thing, man. So I'm pretty much, when it comes to burgers, I'm at McDonald's or in and out. That's basically where I'm at right now.
1: Ch- Chema, thank you for saying that because I feel like in n out for you is as readily accessible as Burger King. Why yes. would you ever yeah. go See, back to Burger King?
3: That's a really good point. What are you and doing? Like, you can't. You can't. You, you can take that,
0: the Ohio out of the boy, or take
3: take uh, the boy out of Ohio. Right. But you can't take the Ohio yeah. out of the boy. Yeah, Th- that's what this was, dude. And like, you're, and Dennis, you're right, man. Like, I have around me. I have three In-N-Out burgers, I think, that are equidistant from each other. So, oh. like, I do... And and the burger... And you want to know what's even more pathetic is that the Burger King is actually the most complicated fast food restaurant. I actually, for some reason, just, like, wanted to, like, put in some extra effort to get fast food that day yeah. so I went to Burger King, which is the farthest one away. And, like, yeah, I'm not going to, like... In-N-Out is... Um, it's it's got to be it's it's basically moving into now my like if I want burgers quickly it is a number one two or three place and I, yeah. I haven't had Wendy's out here I know we have Wendy's so there's still hope for me but the Wendy's the closest <laughs> one to us is just it's it's far away dude. They
2: opened up uh, a um, they opened up two In N Outs in Colorado very recently and the wait oh, yeah. like the opening weekend was
3: like 14 hours. <laughs> why do
1: people <laughs> why do exactly
3: why why They're, not even, they're, do that they're not even
0: open for 14
3: hours. <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah. Oh, Jess and I were following that story extensively. And, like, I remember when that opened. Like, we're talking lines down the street. I mean, this was like, you would have thought that, um, you would have thought the Rolling Stones were playing a free show at an In and Out burger with the way that that would <laughs> be, be awesome. In the parking lot. Right.
0: Oh, my goodness. All right. Um, Chema doesn't like Burger King anymore. And I'm, Ch- I'm done. I'm and out. Cherry and Dennis sound like terrible friends. Um,. <laughs> However, I, I realized, like, I am a person that loves their downtime. I love relaxing, like, after the end of a day, just, like, doing nothing. I am great at it. I'm great at sitting around <laughs> and doing nothing. And all of a sudden, you know, because of, because of all the lockdowns and everything else, I realized, like, my doing nothing time went from, like, several hours at the end of the night to the entire day. Besides, you know, besides like going and getting a quick, you know, dungeon workout and like and then working, Mm -hmm. um, I had hours and hours of downtime. And even though I enjoy stuff like playing video games and, and, you know, dicking around with the drone and doing stuff like that, there's only so much of that you can do before you almost fucking lose your mind. Um, I, I have to imagine that the greatest torture you can do to someone is to just lock them in a room that has nothing in it and just leave them there. Because like that it has to feel minutes have to feel like hours, hours like days, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. It has to be torturous to not know how much time is passing because that's what it felt like.
3: Absolutely. Oh yeah, you're right, man. And that's what the whole solitary confinement thing. It's just the room, it's a whole you got nothing like yeah, that is gonna make you absolutely crazy just sitting somebody in a room and giving them nothing to do, of course.
0: All right, um, Dennis. Anything you're planning on uh, trying this, this you know, anything new you're trying, you're, you're thinking about doing in response to this year? Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: you know, because I kind of got into riding my bike um, almost daily and doing that stuff, I, I want to try to explore some more. Take little day trips, um, hit different parts of, um, you know, the metro parks and, and valleys and, and riding trails and stuff throughout Ohio. Um, I love one of my favorite spots in the Metro parks is at Brandywine, the gorge, which was awesome. So just doing some hiking stuff, but probably in addition to that, I've got to see live music. I'm <laughs> losing my mind. There were, I will I'm, second and I, that. And I know I'm not the only one, you know, I had plans for a couple music festivals This past year, I go to, um, actually, Cleveland or Northeast Ohio, whatever you want to call it. The biggest music festival here used to be called Laurel Live. It was actually at a a prep school on the east side of Cleveland, but it's actually grown a lot in the last couple of years, so much so that it has to move to a different venue um, just to accommodate the volume of people and parking and all that stuff. So they now call it Wonderstruck and 2020 was supposed to be yeah 2020 was supposed to be the first year for the new location and and the new name and all that obviously that got canceled so i'm so looking forward to that coming back in in 2021 and just all all the times that i've gotten you know uh, um concert updates like from live nation or something in my email and going oh look at all these people that are going to be here in your area you know in the next two to three months and i go man that'd be cool to see them i don't want to do that anymore i want to go see them yeah like, i'm telling I, you i, I could... want to find the time to just do it
3: dude i, I cannot so agree with you more man i you and i are on the same wavelength on this man i'm telling you i miss it so much so so much and out here like there are so many venues and places to play like there are times where I don't even like buy tickets in advance I'm just like oh I got a Saturday free let me see who's playing and there's like a, there's just there's a solid roster there's five concerts yeah. that I would want to go to and this time around with the pandemic and not being able to go to shows, it's just been draining and it sucks because I actually got in two shows before the pandemic. Like I saw Tame Impala like the week before oh, everything nice. went on lockdown. Yeah. that You want to talk about like just getting everything in at the last minute at the right time. <laughs> so, so like, ever. And of course the show was amazing. And like, you know, I, there was all this talk about the pandemic and I was like, man, you know, like I got these tickets, I had tickets to see the hold steady, which was in September of this year. So we're talking like six, seven months away from the lockdown date. I'm like, they'll have it figured out by then. This Hold steady shows. Right. Right. And I'll be going to this show. I get an email one day. Hey, the Hold steady show has been rescheduled for September of 2021. And now I might not even be going to that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do you yeah. the exact they, same. oh sir? Go ahead. Not, sorry to cut you
1: off, Greg. Yeah. I know, so Adam, like one of the things here in Cleveland with us being on Lake Erie, some of the best stuff to do, there's so much uh, free concerts and stuff. So in the summer mm-hmm. times, every every Thursday, um, they do Edgewater Live. Edgewater right. is like the biggest, you know, beach area and stuff. And so there's food trucks right. everywhere, and there's you know, there's beer and it's just live music, and it's awesome and all of that was gone. Do they do more
3: community stuff, if that makes sense?
1: Like beach okay. events or whatever?
3: Or? Okay, so I will give you the best answer that I can about that. And there's not really a lot of sense of community here in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's like, there are people around you. I live in an apartment building, but it's not. there's not like that kind of stuff. So we do have like free events and cheaper events. And even in the summertime, like up in Santa Monica, there is like a a designated area of this one park where, you know, you can go see a free show every Thursday and the um, Rotsam Batman Jolly from uh, that vampire weekend was the opener last, last year. He was Mm. the guy who was like the first inaugural weekend of this event. So they have them, but it's not, at the scale that you would think that it is. It's not like, Oh my God, there's 9 million people. There's stuff going on everywhere. Right. Um, You have, you have a lot more festivals to choose from like dude like they have so many renditions of the warp tour out here like punk rock and tacos <laughs> festivals <laughs> they, it's, it, it's insane like they uh no effects brings their punk and Drublic beer festival to like three different areas in southern california i mean hmm. there's music festivals out the ass like i mean there's dude it's insane like i'm just stumbling to even think of how many there are but there's a lot of them so that's kind of like where I guess the festival everybody getting together and drinking beer and watching music comes from it's just not like Edgewater Live it's just that's kind of like the one thing we really don't have down here is community and Edgewater Live
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah no but what what I was going to say though there Chum is that like I was kind of the same boat I saw a show literally when COVID shut down the NBA I was at a a show um for the band called The Wonder Years, they're like a pop punk band.
4: Yeah. Um, oh yeah.
2: And dude, I, I was loving the concert, but then me and my friends were looking at our phones like the NBA just shut down. <laughs> like <and> it was <laughs> right. so surreal. And then we looked around at this crowd and we're like, should we be here right now? <laughs> like mm-hmm. we were just like, we might yeah. we might die. We're going to die. Um Yeah, <laughs> and I had two That's other concerts exactly it was like, yeah. Yeah, they had two other concerts scheduled, a band called Circus Survive and Dance Gavin Dance for like later that year. And that all got pushed to like like late this year and then early next year. And I don't even remember when their shows are. <laughs> yeah,
3: dude, it's it's nuts, man. Like there was these shows that I were going to, I had tickets for three different shows, including the Hold Steady. They were all spread out, all in smaller venues. And I'm like, at some point in time, something's going to give. We're just going to get this under control and everything's going to be fine. And that was not the case, man. And even like, even in Tame Palo and stuff like that, like I remember telling people around the office, like, Hey, I'm going to this concert tonight. And like, Hey, aren't you worried about the virus? And I was like, are you kidding me? This isn't going to become anything like, this is just something like, you know, we're going to get this all under control. I was wrong. Yeah, I was, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: where are we, Cherry? Something that you're going to try out this year?
2: Yeah. So um, this year, I mean, being a bit more isolated, you know, I've been trying to learn how to, you know, pick back up at things especially from home so one thing is uh, my home workouts you know I'm trying to get better at doing that I'm just trying to focus a bit more on you know my overall fitness and just being feeling better physically um, but Working also too what,
1: fitness.
2: yeah seriously like dude, I finally I found some good deals from people that weren't price gouging thank god um, but then also too I mean more importantly I think I'm going to definitely try to figure out better ways to be creative with my artistic expression um, so like Chum when you said the stop you know motion animation was that what you said? Yes or, okay, perfect. Yeah, he's
0: not—he's yeah. not—he's not, yeah. not, he's not, he's not going to stop
2: motion animation.
0: animation. <laughs> he's doing. You're—you're—you're so you're, you're putting <laughs> a bill through Congress to get that eliminated, right? Yeah.
1: right. I
3: hate—I awesome. hate motion animation.
1: We must I stop motion animation. <laughs> <spill laughs> animation, dead spill
2: <laughs> animation, is what needs <laughs> to be out there. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Jerry. Um, yeah, yeah, but, um, so yeah so sorry i got quick uh dog was acting a little weird um but then also too just uh overall just like with like my comedy and stuff you know new ways to express that but also i've been picking up uh music and drumming again too so you know just trying to be more intentional of keeping those um hobbies of mine alive because it kind of went to the wayside but now they have more time let's focus on those and bring them back
3: i gotcha, mm-hmm. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah i'm telling you the musical instrument thing man I'm I'm getting myself to that point where I'm going to like take a dive into actually learning how to play guitar and stuff and <laughs> it's it's fu- it's fun man like it, it is really really fun to like just hammer on the drums or sit up you know play guitar or something like that every now and then dude I I completely endorse that man have fun with it
2: Yeah man definitely will for sure definitely
3: Uh Chemmer are we with you here or with me Oh um I'll just go really quickly yeah, go like ahead. mine were mine were to do the music thing, go see live music, and then I'm gonna starting to like take up guitar playing. That I think is going to be my, you know, outside of learning video production and mm-hmm. all that kind of like the, all the film stuff. I need to learn how to play a musical instrument again. Actually, learn what I'm doing and not just be the guy who like picks up his guitar and could play wall, play Wonderwall, and then set it down. <laughs> and I need I need to do something more than that.
0: Yeah, you have a girlfriend, so <laughs> like, it's not like you need to do that at a party to attract chicks. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Uh, you know, I know. By the the way, that's pretty much all Oasis did.
3: So, yeah, I think you're right. And Pagel, you make a really good point there. Like, ever since I have started dating Jess, I'm like, Yeah, dude, what's the point of me, like, learning all these new songs? Like, I mean, I basically, like, there's no point in it whatsoever. So, yeah, I mean, it's amazing, like, you know, when you're having sex regularly, how your outcome and views of the world kind of change. You're just like, boy, I don't have to do anything anymore to attract anybody. Thank goodness. Right. I know. My God, I'm not getting, I'm not getting made up to go out ever again.
1: Right. And you did it without a
3: guitar anyway. So why, why do you, why are you adding a guitar now? Yeah, dude, you're right. This could be a, end up being a colossal waste of my own time. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what have I just done? Oh god.
0: Oh god. <laughs> all right. Denny, I'm you know, I'm glad you brought up um all the biking you've been doing because something I want to try, I want to try out that would that is like more winter specific in terms of biking. I really want to really get a fat Olympics. Yes, winter Full Olympics. winter Olympics. Uh, all I of them. Really want to get a fat tire bike. And like huh. we okay we have like you know like you know we have like the whole like right by me i have the whole you know ohio erie canal towpath um and you know i've hiked up and down in the winter it's totally fine it's just it's like slow going um it's cold if you want to see some of the more interesting features at some points you have to go like five six miles in between and it's great you know that's that's definitely more doable when the weather's a little bit well the weather's a little bit more favorable um and and add to it the uh like the my, the easiest spot I have to get into uh to get into the tow path is to go to the Brexville um station bridge um trailhead. Um underneath okay. the Route eighty two um Route bridge that connects Summit County and Cuyahoga County. That's like the easiest spot to get on it. Um there's a there's an old bridge that connects that connects you from one side of the Chippewa Creek to the other. And of course they're doing maintenance on that bridge. So the next nearest point is like eight miles in one direction, seven miles in the other direction. Um, and if I'm right there by that bridge, there's a lot of like cool features. You have twin sister falls, cascade falls. Um, there's an, there's also some like off the book falls. That like if you're, if you're real interested in finding them, you can get to them. Um, but like now that's like, if you were to hike it, whereas before it was about like three miles, four miles round trip, roughly speaking, it's now 14 miles round trip. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to try to get down to these. So, you know, it's like, okay, so how do I get down there faster than <laughs> spending seven hours out here drive hiking one your, afternoon?
1: Drive your car.
0: Right. Just drive straight through there. Exactly. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I should get a bike. I, we ha- you know, it would be useful. I'm like, But I have to get, like a, you know, especially for the winter months when there's enough snow on the ground. Uh, as Dennis, as you mentioned, once you start getting into the specialty bikes, like, you, like, there's, like, as long as, like, the snow isn't too deep, like, your general mountain bike would be okay. But as it gets like deeper and icier, like you can't really take that on there. You will, you will be falling quite a bit um, anytime you try to stop or turn. Um, so like a fat tire bike is a bike that has gigantic, like four inch across, oversized looking tires, and you actually let them like deflate a little bit, like you. So it's almost like yeah. natural shock absorbers, and because it's like real, and because the tires are a little bit squishy, they can. They like stick and adhere to the road better, no matter the surface. Um, you could, you could take them on like a regular, you know, on a regular, um, you know, on a regular like path or like a regular bike path or whatever. It'd be kind yeah. of like it'd be a little bit more difficult because they are yeah, definitely it's, specialized it's, for the snow and stuff, and, right? And they look goofy it's, and they, they look goofy. It's it's kind of like it'd be like trying to run a race with like a jeep. I mean, you could do it, <laughs> right. just you're not right. gonna win. It's just a lot, a lot of and work put, to go like, that fast. You put like big truck tires on a sedan, right? Exactly. You could do it. It's just a strange thing to do. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's one of those things. I'm like, I already enjoy doing the hiking stuff, but like, why not expand that into like covering more terrain, uh, especially during the winter months when it's easier just to sit at home and do nothing? Uh, why not? Why not to? You know, why not expand my uh, my love of the outdoors kind of in the same way that Dennis wants to too.
3: Yeah, it's got to be a great cardio workout too to be riding around one of those bikes, right? I mean, it's got to be at least better for you workout wise than a regular bike right uh
0: no um not i mean like slightly better but it's not it's the difference the difference in it is like it's when you're on like a surface that it like it it excels at you're not really going to notice that you're any like feasible difference if you were to take that bike on like a paved bike trail like a you know somewhere in the metro Mm -hmm. parks and ride it around then for sure because it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's gonna it's then it's gonna be real sluggish on that surface. Gotcha. All right, so let's uh, that was like our, our introspective uh, little section there, our silver lining section. Um, but let's get back into our bread and butter, talking about entertainment stuff, um, pop culture kind of at large, and then there's a little section for a wild card, just anything you want to talk about. Um, RIT that has large. Re- What's that? I said writ large. At large. Just continue. Okay. Anyway, um, so we're gonna we're gonna cover all the things that we cover. Uh, of course, movies, TV, sports, pop culture. Like I said, pop culture and wild card. Um, I'm I'm starting this off because I really need to tell somebody about this. Um, so there's a movie coming out. I believe it's tomorrow um, on like VOD, and I'll also go ahead and presume that it's coming out in like four theaters somewhere um, at
1: the time we're recording this.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, it's called Wild Mountain Time. Uh, it stars Jamie Dornan, Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt, um, John Hamm, and Christopher Walken. It's like a kind of like a throwback to like a more '90s era rom com with like a little bit more drama in it. Where you know will Jamie Dornan, Dornan, uh, and Emily Blunt get together in the end? And of Ooh. course they do. There is a Ooh. massive fucking twist in this movie that makes absolutely no sense. And if you see the trailer for it you'll be even more surprised by the twist. So, I'm gonna go ahead and spoil this movie for you, even though I know Cherry <laughs> is a huge fan of rom-coms. Um, I, he's,
1: like, got a, he's got two whole shelves on a bookshelf
2: yeah. dedicated to him. Well, are all uh, just 51st States. 51st States, Sleepless <laughs> in Seattle. Um, um, cut, final Cut. Actually,
0: real quickly, I want. could you guys even begin to guess what Possibly could happen in this in this Irish rom com oh, that is oh that biz- that I that I think is that bizarre, and you're going to think is that bizarre.
1: Just uh, real quickly, no. Dennis.
0: No, because okay, because
1: the thing, oh, because now I just have this other thing in my head that I want so badly to talk about okay. after this. No guess from Dennis. Uh, Cherry, do you have any no. guess
2: at all? I have no guess on this whatsoever.
0: <laughs> Chema, do you have any guess at all?
3: Uh, I would have is What's the IRA, the Irish Republican Army, involved in this somehow.
0: No, that would make more sense. Okay. <laughs> um, so, as it, we get to the end of the movie, Jamie Dornan's like plays like a kind of... He's a kind of just a weird, quirky guy. And the reveal, when, when our two main characters are about to get together, the reveal is that Jamie Dornan, his entire life, has spent his life thinking and acting like he's a bee.
3: <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? He Wait, thinks I'm he's not, a honey. I'm not. Okay, that's what I thought you said, and I am not high right now, so I uh,
0: <laughs> And in response okay. and in response, Emily Blunt talks about how her entire life she thought she was a swan. I, what
1: so <laughs> this is like this is I don't even so this, this is, is Wild like Mountain the, Time starring Jamie Dornan like, and Emily Blunt this is like the meta version of a B movie. I don't know what or the fuck this or is. Or I don't, I,
0: speaking of high, did they all drink ayahuasca? I, there's like, there's, a Before clip, the... there's like a clip in the trailer of, of Jamie Dornan as a kid doing a deep sniff of a flower. Um, you get a hint, <laughs> you get a hint that like, this is something genetic because, like his um, his uncle tied a tied a rock to himself and jumped in a river because he thought he was a fish. Um, <laughs> dude, I, I I the the people who made this have made like some big time like rom com type movies. I have no idea what the fuck, where the fuck this script came from. This makes no wow. sense. Wow. And this movie, has, this movie has come out. Or it's it's, going it's coming out as we we're recording this on a Thursday. Thursday, December seventeenth. It's I think it's supposed to come out on demand, and in theaters tomorrow. So, wow, Wild Mountain yeah. Time. What yeah. what stream? What
1: streaming services?
0: VOD. You have to like oh, through your cable or whatever. Oh okay. Yeah yeah yeah. So Did, there you Jamie
3: go. Jamie Doran's really going for the weird, uh, really <laughs> weird romance movies between this <laughs> and the 50 right. first year. Right. 50, uh,
0: what, uh, 50 what room 50 are you
3: 30. in? I'm I'm in my um, second bedroom. The uh, where I
0: usually record. I but like okay. So where are you though? Your microphones in your <laughs> second bedroom. Are you, where are,
3: are you, you? Are you sweeping a floor?
0: No, no I'm like <laughs> I'm
3: in the. It's got to be something with the microphone. Okay, but you you
1: sound you like you are you sound like you're, 40 you're 40 in someone from, else's
0: apartment.
3: Yeah. Wow. Are you okay? Hold on. One it's fine, no, it's fine. I mean, whatever. <laughs> no, um, it's just peculiar.
0: Yeah, cherry. Throw me it, something from uh, the movie section man. here of our of our of of what we're doing here.
2: Yeah, man, this one really surprised me. Uh, it's with Tom Holland. It's called The Devil All the Time. It's on Netflix. Um, also has Robert Patt- Pattinson in it and whatnot. It was real weird to see Tom Holland in a role that wasn't Spider-Man. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's like a base in uh, Virginia and Ohio as well. So it was like, you know, it has some references in there that I can understand. <laughs> Two um, obviously
1: bordering states. Right. And
2: then <laughs> <laughs> to double on the uh, hillbilly theme. Also, Hillbilly Elegy on Netflix, too. I really enjoyed that one as well. Yeah, um, I saw a lot of trailers for that. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, would recommend both of them for sure, but it just reminded me of the parts of Ohio that I didn't go to. Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those, I those, was a all. The I saw that all the time. I could not. I I really enjoyed it. Like that was. I told you, Pattinson. I did not expect that from him. And that yeah, guy either. can act, man. That dude. That guy can act, man. And like just seeing, just the different roles that he's been in this year between Tenant and I mean the dude's just got range, man. He's got an incredible range.
0: Yeah, we probably we probably shouldn't do too much judging on a teenage Robert Pattinson. You yeah, know, in a, in a, a good, YA adapted a point. movie, you know what I mean. Yes. Like it's the same reason why, like, like how people used to just absolutely crush Kristen Stewart. She's a good actress too. But right. When you're right. when you're not yeah, 15 right. anymore, you become better at it.
1: <laughs> just, uh, just not vapid and and just void of any emotion. Right. Dennis, how about you, man? Oh my god, I'm I can't wait to talk about this. Okay, so we're. Again, we're recording this on uh, December 17th. Thanks. I believe this came out on December 13th, which is just a few days ago, on Lifetime. And gentlemen, I'm talking about a recipe for seduction. Damn right. The movie, speaking (laughs) of people that can act, (laughs) The one and only Mario Lopez, Latin heat baby, as Colonel Sanders. Oh my god!
3: I can't wait. I couldn't.
1: Okay, first of all, oh, okay. I was disappointed in that. It's only 15 minutes long, right? I thought we were gonna get to really enjoy some quality fried chicken movie action. But in that fifteen minutes, so many things happen. In the span span of about a two minute scene. Okay. I almost don't even want to give a synopsis because how can you do that to a fifteen minute long, like short film? But basically, the this like, you know, older rich woman has a chef. You know, that takes care of the family and the house and her and this woman's younger daughter, who is potentially going to get engaged to some other snooty, rich douche. uh, In about two minutes, in one interaction, falls madly in love with Colonel Sanders (laughs) because because he has a secret chicken recipe
0: (laughs) that is going to
1: make him rich and famous. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's the sound that's the sound pull right there oh my god
1: unbelievable I've like in, in the terms of storytelling it, it's how that happened so fast it just blows my mind I couldn't I couldn't in a hundred years write a script where like the like the quickness with which things happen actually occurred
3: is there anybody else, like, recognizable in
1: the movie, or is it just Mario Lopez? Is the only no, Mario used? Lopez, I think, is the only recognizable person. Everyone else okay. is, I think, quite literally, I I'm, I, I, believe
0: two two people,
1: um, I might have to be corrected on this, are soap actors.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, okay. it's probably soap yeah. actors or, yeah. like, the Lifetime... The side the yeah. side characters that show up in Lifetime and Hallmark movies all the time.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And there is one scene in this movie that is so amazing where Mario Lopez, aka Harlan Sanders, is, <laughs> ki- is kidnapped. <laughs> and I can't say that enough. It's so funny. It's is he kidnapped kid- by like McDonald's or
4: something?
1: No, no, no. He's kid. He's he's kidnapped by the the mother. By the younger girl's mother and the guy who's trying to marry the younger girl. They kidnap because they're having an affair, of course. Guys, come on. Did I have to explain of course. that to you? They're all right. having an affair. Well, of course, yeah, it makes sense. And they kidnap right. him. And in this scene, the guy who is threatening Colonel Sanders' life says, or well, basically yells, You're ruining everything. <laughs> And I need you to know if you are ever in that situation and the person threatening your life in a very whiny high pitched way says you're ruining everything guys, you're fine. You're not getting murdered. That guy's not killing you at all. Right. Do not worry. You're getting out or you're in a
0: lifetime movie <laughs> or and either way. You're good. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh gosh, yeah, I, I totally forgot. I, I meant to watch that uh, earlier this week, and I just totally fucking forgot about it. But oh. now, now that's gonna happen when I'm having some beers this weekend. Yeah,
3: <laughs>
0: Chema, something from uh, from movies oh. this past year.
3: All right, man. Like this was the year of Spike Lee for me. My top two movies of the year mm. are both Spike Lee joints. Um, the, my number two is David Byrne's American Utopia. That was a, a fantastic concert movie. Really good uh. stuff. And, and I got to tell you, The Five Bloods on Netflix was mm. awesome. That was really, really good stuff. Like, I tell you, Greg, I was on that double all the time train is my is my best movie. And then I, I sat around thinking about this and I'm like, The Five Bloods is just, this is a really, really good one. A completely different kind of like war style movie. You know, it's not like, you know, you're not in the war the whole time, but there is definitely war footage. It is one of the last um, performances of the great Chadwick Boseman who passed away this year. Um, yeah, and, yep, yep, yep. And, and it's just this brilliantly assembled um, cast of, of like these character actors that we've seen in like all the movies all throughout the times. It definitely It definitely It's great. It,
1: it features the one and only Delroy Lindo.
0: Absolutely. The
1: fucking oh, man. yeah, love Delroy Lindo.
3: Stop eating my sesame cake, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. The uh, yeah, even you know, like dude, Jean Renault has got a problem of this movie too, which I was wow, that guy's still that guy's still doing stuff. So um this one right here, just top of the line. Um uh, I Lee is just the last couple of years has just been knocking them out one after the other after the other, and this is a part of that streak for sure.
0: This is this feels like it, it just the last couple of years um of all of the the more more of the, the increased awareness of social justice and, and social issues it doesn't it feel yeah, like yeah. spike lee is like all the, like even more so than he was in the 80s all of a sudden spike lee is even more relevant than he's ever been
3: yeah, yeah dude he's kicking ass right now like i mean this is like black clansman was amazing like, black so was like so a really it's a really good movie for anybody not just like spike lee and the fact that this is spike lee this later on in his career is just it's amazing he's having a really good resurgence on um, this far into it all
0: right let's uh let's jump down to tv here um and chemo let's let's stick with you i'm going to go last because i have a long one here um, that I want you okay. guys to think about So Chema, how about you oh, kick us off Mr. on TV Oh, Keep It Quick guys. Yeah, shut up <laughs>
3: Keep it quick. Okay, so uh, TV Matt, I know you, you're the guy who turned me on to this show I'm going with Raised by Wolves there This was the best show of 2020 to come out um, I thought this was a really awesome blend of like, uh, like Aboriginal and um, high-tech sci-fi I thought mm-hmm. everything worked really, really well I, I love this whole um, kind of battle between religion and atheism and this, like, you know, metaphor of basically like what we, both, what we see all the time where people, um, you know, not necessarily battling like in the sense of a war, but there's just this kind of like discussion or debate between, you know, religion and atheism that is very much alive today. So I, I really dug that. I thought Travis Fimmel was fucking awesome. I did not expect the direction that they took with the character and him kind of being super wrapped up in the voice of Saul and almost thinking that he's some kind of agent of Saul. Um, Amanda Collin was fantastic. I loved the, um, the Necromancer armor and her just spreading her arms out and flying. That imagery was awesome. And dude, I got to tell you the ending with the giant snake monster, this ending is, it was great. And like, i'm kind of freaked out by snakes so this whole going with the giant snake monster thing was something that threw me for a little bit of a surprise and the image of this big monster just floating away and you know that at some point in time this thing is going to become a major part of the story it was just such a cool way to leave it like really Mm sensible but also at the same time you do get a little bit of like some closure with the first season so Loved Raised by Wolves very much. Looking forward to um to more seasons of it.
0: It was excellent, and just to sort of quickly, just to sort of continue the religious metaphor, um the the snake emerges on the tropical side, so it's the snake in the Garden of Eden.
3: Hmm. Oh, okay, okay, I got gotcha. you. Okay, and yet, dude, I I know that this planet they have all these lands to explore, and I'm hoping that we could, in as the seasons go on, explore more of this planet.
0: So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dennis, how about you, man? <clears throat>
1: Sorry, excuse me. Um, so just recently, I actually, um, upgraded my phone. Humble brag, guys, it's an <laughs> iPhone, 12. okay? No. It's, it's an iPhone twelve. Um, no, no big deal. But with it, it actually came with, um, free year of apple tv which allowed me to get into a couple things mm-hmm. but the number one thing that i was hoping to get into and i, and I actually did was ted lasso
0: mm. i've heard this is really funny
1: yes yes so have I. dude first of all i love jason sudeikis he is awesome i actually kind of fell down a little rabbit hole with old saturday night live skits with sudeikis and one of my all-time favorites is the, the sports broadcasting duo of like mm-hmm. ESB, ESPN Classics mm-hmm. that he does with uh, Will Forte. Yep. Oh, my God. Hilarious. <laughs> Go back and check that out if you haven't seen it for a while. But it's it, it's it's weird because they based it off of just this character they created for a commercial for NBC Sports to promote um, English Premier League soccer, like four years ago. Or Correct. Something. Yep. And then they actually turned it into a, a full blown series based off that character. It's very much a you know fish out of water kind of show with elements of major league, where it's like a downshot. It's my goodness, <laughs> with a with with like a downtrodden team and an owner who basically wants the team to fail and she wants to ruin her ex-husband's legacy. But Sedacus is awesome. It, usually when you get shows that are about sports, I always come back to Friday Night Lights and the sports scenes are garbage. Garbage where it's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> the high school football team was down again 42 points in the fourth quarter and one and everybody scores 80 yard touchdowns. Cool. Uh, not real life. but the the sports sequences that they actually film, you know I'm not sure where they got these guys if they're actual you know maybe lower level players or something, but it's legit. and and the way they film that actually makes it seem you know makes it just feel that much more real. Mm-hmm. So that's actually nice out of a show based around sports. The woman that is that plays the character, and I can't think of her character's name, um, but it's Hannah Waddingham from Game she of goes, Thrones.
0: She's a yeah. So, so first of all, Google her. And go, oh, we oh, Cher- okay. cherry okay. cherry cherry and Chema and I had this discussion about Hannah Waddingham already Dude. Um, when we did a, when we did a Thrones <laughs> episode together. I told him yeah. like I'm like go ahead and Google Hannah Waddingham. She plays Septa and you will be fucking shocked yeah. at what this woman looks like. Uh huh. She's ridiculously Crazy. hot.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, but it like sedacus is is funny and and like the actors and the story is like charming and it's really 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 well done. I highly recommend Ted Lasso. It's worth it.
0: <laughs> All right. Just gotta pay yeah, for I another goddamn streaming service. About that show,
1: right. <laughs> yes. A- Apple TV. Not a sponsor.
0: Not yeah, yet, not but clarifying. if we keep asking, we'll see <laughs> <Never> what happens. <laughs> well, <I don't> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I've heard it's really funny, and I definitely want to check. There's Apple seems to have a couple of good shows that might be worth it, but mm-hmm. I, it's one of those ones I might own for a month and then cancel.
2: Right. So. Yeah. No,
3: got, I got a free for you. Like...
2: Chema, go ahead. You're on mute again, Chema. Oh,
3: sorry about that, guys. Do you hear me now? Yep. Yeah. Okay, okay. So um, they got shows that are really good, but it's not stuff that like I would regularly watch. Like the the morning show with um Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon.
4: Yeah.
3: Jess was watching it, and I was watching it, you know, because she was watching it. it turned out to be really good, but it's not like oh my god, I got to break the door down to watch the yeah. morning show.
0: Right. Exactly. Uh Cherry, how about you, man? T- TV thing that you found most most interesting from this year?
2: Yeah, man. Um, love. Craft Country on HBO. I was super into that show. Um, it was it was interesting because it took a look at um I mean of course you know it had a bunch of um mythology in it and a lot of magic and whatnot, but it also had a lot of real like life moments too, and had a a look at how a lot of things would be handled in times, like race and uh sexuality and all that stuff as well. But it also mm. but it still played like a lot um true to a lot of modern time themes too that we're all facing in you know media and life and tv shows today as well so I thought it did a super good job at portraying all that back then and also in you know, reminding us of how that still trickles into everyday life so i really enjoyed it really fun show to watch um i would recommend watching it high i would <laughs> 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 of- good, good, recommendation. good recommendation <laughs> But yeah, The Lovecraft Country definitely uh, surprising for sure. Um, I, took, I watched the first episode on a whim and I was just hooked. Have you ever watched Lovecraft Country
0: on Weed? Yeah. On Weed? <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: Personally
0: I the I, right. <laughs> I got through it and I will say it's um it, it it's an uneven show for me, but when I liked it, like I really liked it. Like there's episodes that I really really think are some of the best episodes of TV
2: you'll see this year in that show. It was also a show for me that, like, I haven't had this in a while where I saw a show and I saw so many faces I recognized but didn't know anyone's name.
0: because <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're I'm watching while show. you're high.
2: What <laughs> that make Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. No, Lovecraft Country is pretty great. Um, sorry, any any other little quips there? Anyone else wants to get in?
3: I just, I thought I'm about halfway through Lovecraft Country and um, I really, I really dig it so far. I understand what you're saying about some of the unevenness. Um, I was hooked um, immediately on the first episode, and then you kind of pump the brakes a little bit and stuff. um, And I I am looking forward to finishing it, but I do understand what you're saying. Yeah, no, I mean,
0: overall, it's good. HBO doesn't make bad shows. Like, there isn't one that's bad. Even in the course of a a show that you may not like that much, you'll have good episodes in there.
3: Of course. Yeah, they're not teaming up with Jordan Peele to make something
0: that's bad. Right, right. All right. Um, have you guys seen Utopia? No. Amazon original. Okay. It, it's helpful that you haven't seen it. Um, it's it came out in September of this year, and it's actually the remake of a British show from uh, I don't want to say like five or six years prior that I'm actually just started watching now. Um, and I'll give you the quick the quick setup to this, but like the way the show plays out is so surreal and kind of disturbing considering everything that's happening um so the setup for it, it's a, it's a mythical comic called dystopia um it's claimed by some to have predicted disasters and diseases from the latter half of the late 20th century so like the 70s onwards basically and it was always a, it was a one-off comic and it was always long rumored to have a sequel and lo and behold um through a series of events someone finds the original manuscript for the sequel to dystopia called utopia and of course it is very much real and it's up for it's up for grabs it's up for sale um and that that's the background for the show the show is positing this idea that what if the great epidemics disasters pandemics were all being perpetrated by a cabal of powerful people who think they know how to run the world what if they launched a viral attack against the united states and got a bunch of us sick what if they use their money, their resources, their political pull, their social influence to shape every narrative of how of how the media is going to cover the pandemic, about the how we're going to cure it, what's going to help, so on and so forth. What if they were the ones controlling that narrative, discrediting their enemies, uh, presenting an alternate reality for people to consume so that it would help their bottom line? What if the heroes of this story were QAnon? That's what utopia is. It's a story. (laughs) It's a story about, about a massive or in this case, an epidemic in the United States and the people that are going to uncover it and get to the bottom of it are the coup conspiracy theorists that live in, that literally live in bunkers and they're the ones who know the truth. And it turns out that they're right. And (laughs) it's so disturbing to watch this end of disturbing it's just a very surreal feeling watching this now. Like there's a, there's a, there's an, uh, an episode. in I think I want to say it's like the, the middle episode of this. There's eight episodes. And I want to say it's the fourth or maybe the fifth where they, they fake a well, not fake, but they commit a mass This company commits a mass shooting to try to smoke out someone that they're looking for. And this mass shooting goes through it. it first off, it gets brainstormed in a, in a boardroom. And then they go to the, their there's a millennial think tank their Gen Z think tank to figure out how to get a trending on Twitter and social media. Um, And then it gets to the media and there's already a narrative that they shaped around this, this uh, shooting that they committed. And that's like how this company sort of keeps themselves like one step ahead of, of big government and of the people and kind of gets people to bend to their will. It's like a very calculated look at the same way that the Trump administration is telling telling their people, creating an alternate reality where their people that the coronavirus pandemic is not is not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Don't don't do this. This is all fake news, blah blah blah. It's so of its time that it almost feels like someone wrote this like yesterday and somehow got it all shot in like the course of a day. It like it's it just feels surreal even though this is an idea that's now 6 7 years old. It almost feels uncomfortable just to hear you talking about it. It's it's a, I'll say this: it's if you're very intrigued by it, I would say it's like a C plus kind of show. Um, I think the British show is a little bit better. Um, I wish I could mash them together because there's elements from both that I really like. Like in the British one, the comic you, you don't even like see it until like the sixth episode or fifth episode. And um, the American one, it's like it has like a whole mythology behind it. Like it's it's a character in and of itself, and it's pretty cool actually to look at, but. It's a very bizarrely timed show, and clearly, like, they just filmed it, like, last summer, so it's not like they had any foresight into what was happening, just the way it, it plays out now, it's a little bit true to life, too, a little bit too true to life. And that's, uh,
3: that's Alden the right, right? Like, the, uh, the guy from Solo?
4: No. It's,
3: I thought he was in a show on Amazon.
0: No, definitely not. okay. Okay. Sorry. It's a bunch about that. of it's a bunch Got of people it. you've never heard of. Rain Wilson and John Cusack. Huh. <laughs>
3: okay. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. For some reason, I thought that the guy from Solo was in one of was in that Amazon show. It's Rain Wilson.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, that's it. That's all I have there.
3: No, I'm gonna have to definitely check that out, dude. Because number one, I need more shows to watch, and uh, something like that that is insanely topical for not being written at this time is I'm all for that kind of stuff for
0: sure. It actually comes with a disclaimer at the beginning of each episode that it's not based on what's happening now.
3: Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Mm.
0: So there you go. Utopia. Um, I don't know. It might be worth your time if you're really that curious about how. But I mean, it it plays out in a very bizarre way that is a little bit too uncomfortable. Although John Cusick's very good in it. So yeah, whatever. Um, Where are we here? Uh, Dennis, are you up right now? Or, no, we're on sports. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Yeah. Dennis, how about you lead us off with a little bit of sports this year?
1: Oh, man. This was actually a pretty, you know, given everything that obviously has been going on and, and no fans and things being canceled and, and pushed back, that was this. it was kind of rich with some, some really interesting things. First of all, I love the Masters. It's one of my favorite annual um, sports events. I was really glad they were able to play it. Got it in in November. It was fantastic. Um, weird to see that event without fans. Um, one of my favorite things is <laughs> from earlier um, in, in the summer when there's really just a total blackout in terms of sports was the KBO, Korean baseball. Let's go NC dinos. <laughs> that was my squad. When I mean, literally, that was like for a while, that was the only live sports that was on television. And and ESPN was, you know, worked out a deal and, and actually got to show it. And I got super into it. It but it was interesting to watch another professional baseball league and kind of how they operate. And you know their youth development and everything is like based on. Well, you got to be. Their emphasis is on hitting. So mm. it's all like watching Korean baseball. If you're really familiar with college football, is like watching the Big Twelve. Oh yeah, it's hundred percent offense. offense. Yep, they put almost no emphasis on fielding, throwing uh, situations, barely as emphasis on pitching. It's just. There, I can't even tell you how many comebacks there were after the seventh inning. It was almost like every other game. Somebody was coming back from five runs down to to win a game in the ninth inning. But it was interesting to actually, you know, during the broadcast, it would bring on, you know, like Korean baseball bloggers or something. And to learn the culture and of baseball in that country was really fascinating and really interesting how they have – team cheers and there's cheerleaders of like every game and the fans aren't like American fans where the game is almost like a passive thing and and a baseball game is like where you hang out and you can eat and drink and socialize. They are a 100% attentive to what's happening on the field and they have songs for like all their favorite players. They have team chants and everybody is super into it. Korea baseball was really cool. I also became a pretty big fan of cricket. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, you're just I lying. did. No, no, not a lie. Not a lie. Cricket is sweet. within. Now, granted, it happened within four hours.
4: I was going to say, as long as you have was, a
0: whole dave to put aside and for that, and, that,
1: and that was one game, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, God, what else? Oh, I got it. I got into F1 racing Formula One. okay, um, which was um, I'm a big fan of Alex Verstappen or I'm sorry Max Verstappen Max Verstappen that's that's my dude Red Bull racing. Um, yeah, this was kind of an open category. So there was just so much stuff. and I don't know if this is necessarily true, but perhaps my enjoyment of f1 racing is what eventually led to, my enjoyment of, oh, I almost don't even want to say it, because it's, I don't know if it's like, it's it's kind of embarrassing. Brazilian fart porn? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that obvious connection to Formula One racing. Right. Marble racing on YouTube. <laughs> what? Guys, <laughs> guys, guys, yeah. guys, I'm a fan. I'm a fan <laughs> to the point, and this is embarrassing, I'm on the fence of whether I should buy merch, because you can do that. <laughs> I have two favorite teams, okay? The Raspberry Racers and the Hazers. And I might get shirts with their logos emblazoned on those shirts. Oh, tennis. I'm telling you. Without baseball, Marble, what do you become? Yeah. Marble Racing. There's Olympics. There's Marble Olympics, okay? Yep. There's Marbula One Racing, You, the marbles, I'm, I'm,
3: I'm the marbles have so, the marbles have social media pages and stuff like yeah. that like, they're fans of individual marbles <laughs> I know
1: what they, you're talking about yeah. Yeah, they get about a million views that is insane I'm sorry yeah, this is it's insane. insane it's not even a sport it's mm, uh, strongly
0: disagree <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible oh goodness gracious next you're going to be into magic yep I'm ashamed I am ashamed <laughs>
2: Cherry, how about you, man? Were there any uh, any good sports stuff that you kind of found this year? Um, I mean, not really that I kind of found, but that I just uh, you know refollowed, if you will. I mean, like the NBA when basketball finally came back, I was all over that. Um, never thought I'd be cheering for the Celtics for the first time in a while. Um, so that was pretty disappointing.
1: Correct.
2: Oh, I know. I know. Well, oh, listen, listen, it's between them and the Heat, and uh, I really like uh, you know Jason Tatum. So, uh... my boy, Duke Nation, Duke <laughs> yeah, Nation, dude. baby. Yeah. My first year in fantasy basketball a couple years ago, he really carried my team, so oh, yeah. it was a good pick, very good pick. Um, but also, football has just been crazy this year. <laughs> so, Browns, I can't believe that we're you know having a winning season. Has been pretty crazy. Um, normally, don't really watch sports too often on my own, but definitely been paying attention to that for sure.
0: Absolutely, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna piggyback off of here with you real quick, Greg. That like we're sitting here in, in mid December. And I'm still fully engaged with the Browns. What a what a delightful surprise. I've right. normally checked out at this point. Like, it's it's right. just on to... I'll watch, you know, maybe like a quarter or half of the game. Inevitably, we're down by 26 or whatever. And I've checked out just thinking about, like, boy, who are we going to draft next year? Like, what's... <laughs> is Trevor Lawrence going to be available where we're going to be drafting? Because we're never... Only a couple times we've been bad wow. enough to just go number, straight to the number one pick. Um, so it has been a delight to just sort of enjoy like there is the own 16 season. I missed four entire games and I did not give a shit. Um, yeah. Cause I didn't miss anything. Um, so it's been really nice to have that. I, I would like to, I am, I am so fucking, if this season doesn't call for a more unified college football, um, front office or, or organization, uh, I don't know what will the big 10, had the biggest strategic error, um, you know, along with the Pac-12, but the Big Ten led the charge. They were very convinced that everyone else was going to follow them and shutting the leagues down. Right, um, and then they just didn't because the South doesn't give a shit um, about how many people are dying. So, you know, so the Big Ten looked stupid there. Then they look dumber by picking up and proceeding to play when the pandemic was getting worse. And then they look mm-hmm. even dumber by throwing together some arbitrary rules and giving themselves no wiggle room. Whatsoever for a team on its schedule, <sighs> resulting in the in the in the Indiana versus Ohio State kind of argument, which to me isn't even an argument. Do you want Indiana, who lost to Ohio State, to go represent the Big Ten in a international nationally televised game? I don't think so. Um, right. This is the, I, I I don't want to
1: spend yeah. this topic too long, obviously, because um, Matt, you and I could be on it for a long oh, for time. Sure. It's very clear. Ohio State runs the Big Ten. Yep. And if if they're not the focal point and they're not the ones being fully uh, representative of the conference, the conference is panicked. Yep, exactly. And I think and and honestly, I got to I have to say, I don't think Ohio State deserves to be in the college football playoff. I think if they make it, it's absurd. And I think it completely discredits the entire system, because what it means is none of these games mattered. It was predetermined as soon as they started playing who was going to make it to the college football, and everything after that was set up to make sure that outcome took place.
0: I mostly agree with you, but also if this if the if the playoff committee had its way, keep in mind they ranked like five SEC teams inside the top twelve. <laughs> um, one of two of which have two losses uh, to bad right. teams. So if they had their way, it would just be Alabama, Clemson, and two other SEC teams. No, they, they need to way. try to be somewhat representative. Right, but right. basically,
1: but, what it says: if you are not Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and probably another just SEC team, one exactly.
0: Right, go fuck you don't off. matter. Yeah, I, I have. I at some point in time, I'm going to unfurl my solution to this, um, and it basically involves chopping up Division One into three different tiers. So that, like, the top 40 only play each other. The top, the next level 40 only play each other. The bottom the bottom 40 only play each other, uh, roughly speaking. But, yeah, the Big Ten looks dumb. College football needs an actual oversight body that will force, can force any of these schools to do anything. Because individually, like you, but this, this is where I do agree with you, individually, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, even Notre Dame, they're way too fucking powerful for their own good Mm -hmm.
3: right yeah i'm telling you like they the big 10 and everything like that they really do look bad after this whole thing like for a second there i thought maybe with them calling off the season with the whole hey we might resume this later that they would somehow look to be the intelligent people like that they would have come out looking really smart at the end of this they really don't they really really don't and I, I will tell you, like, I think that Ohio State, as far as the I tests, they definitely passed the I test as one of the top four or five teams in the country. And, like, I, I think that, you know, provided they beat Northwestern, they're going to end up in the playoffs. But there's sure. just so much w- weird precedent that's going around right now that there's just no way that in the future they're going to be able to continue this four team. It's going to have to be expanded into eight teams because – there, it just looks really crazy that hey, this team really played four or five games, uh, all of a sudden. Yeah, we got a trip into the um, you know because of the Big Ten and this idiot rules thing, and now they're playing in the conference championship or conference championship. So there's just something right. about this that looks really murky to me. But however, like what are we going to do? Have Indiana or even Northwestern go represent the Big Ten in the college football playoff? Or something <laughs> right, that's gonna fucking that's, get right. smoked.
1: Get smoked right. by whoever it is. and. That, yeah. so and, that's, bad. and and that's always the thing post playoff that everybody says. It's like, "Oh, okay, well, you wanted um, uh, let's just pick Oklahoma. Okay, you wanted Oklahoma in the playoff. You thought they deserved it. Okay, they got smashed by forty, you know, against yeah. Alabama or something.
0: You're like, okay, well, that's what you get the The big ten is dying for Michigan to be relevant again, dying. <laughs> For them to be relevant uh, again so yeah. they can have a better or even Penn State to bounce back so they can have an argument about how good the conference is. But because right now it is an absolute joke.
3: Yeah, no, you're definitely right on that, Matt. <laughs> They are waiting for something to be another gold standard football team. Like it's just something to bring relevance to that conference. Because it's it's very difficult right now when Indiana is the uh, is a torch carrier for the conference. Yeah.
0: Chema, how about you? What about uh, sports this year? Stuff that you liked?
3: Okay, so number one, it was really cool to uh, live in a city that won an NBA and World Series title, even though we really didn't get the chance to enjoy it the same way that uh, we enjoyed a championship in 2016, just going out and being amongst the people. So mm-hmm. it was cool to, you know, at least have my interest in basketball and in baseball be. You know, there's a, we have a dog in this race, so it was cool to be able to follow those two sports all the way up until the end and to end with, on a positive note. And I am with you guys on the state with the Browns. I am absolutely loving this ride, man. Like, it's a whole different team. This whole loss to uh, Baltimore that we had on Monday night, I, I didn't even really feel that bad about it. It wasn't like they this old oh, Browns type team. That's
1: all oh, I can not disagree with you more. Hmm. Go ahead. <laughs>
3: No, I t- like for me personally. Like I just I saw a different team out there on Monday night than what, what usually happens, and I'm very excited to be to be a Browns fan again and not have to focus on the draft right now.
0: Denny, your disagreement, your dissent. It's oh man, that
1: game did not feel good, but the part that or the conclusion or whatever you want to call it that I kind of came to is that this is a different, it feels like it is now a different organization. Yeah. And it's a different football team. And it's obviously, you know, a different coach. And everything that we've felt over the last, you know, dozen years and and much longer feels different. And not only does it feel different, it looks different. We can see it every Mm -hmm. Sunday. Mm -hmm. And for so many years, the talk was always, Oh, man, tough loss. But you guys played really well. So that was good. You guys look like you're getting better. That's not acceptable anymore. Not with this team and not with the direction that they're heading and not with this organization. The comments of, you guys looked really good, but you lost to a tough division opponent. Nope. I don't accept that anymore. Uh, Cody Parkey has been, I I commented on something that Pagel put out, Cody Parkey's been so good. Our kicker's been so good until it came to that game and it made the difference. And so all the good things he did in that game against Baltimore was unacceptable. That's how the organization has to look at everything from now on. We played well, but we lost.
0: Dennis is yeah, so there's no
1: more. There's no more being happy about the way we play.
0: I'm seeing. I'm a loss is unacceptable. Right now, I'm, I'm picturing Dennis in my head, wearing like a big pair of sunglasses and a visor, and just he's snapping a clipboard in half <laughs> as he says this. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah,
4: no,
1: and then I'm and so grabbing another re- clipboard to, 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 snap to that that smash clipboard.
0: that one. Yep.
3: <laughs> no, I mean, dude, you make a really good point about like just this kind of stuff being not acceptable anymore. And that is all, you know, just largely in part due to the culture change that has been in Cleveland and everything like that. And with this team and Stefanski just in less than a year and via Zoom and all that stuff who's completely reformed this organization. And I guess maybe there's still a little bit of me that is the the Browns fan that we've all come to know and, you know, basically the, the Browns fan that we've seen over the last... Uh, you know, 10, 20 years or whatever it is. So I guess, like, I will get to that point in time where this kind of stuff is unacceptable. I'm just, I'm not ready to be on that just yet. There's still a little bit of the old ground standing in me I gotta shake
0: off. Mm-hmm. Understandable, understandable. Cherry, why don't you uh, lead us off here with, with some pop culture? Yeah, you know, so, Pop culture being a little bit more open to, you know, whatever. It's entertainment, entertainment adjacent, I would call pop culture.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I'm not sure if you consider this, you know, pop culture, but I do. But um, gaming is definitely taking a big uh, step in the for- forefront here, especially with everybody being isolated. Um, so I thought that's been super interesting. But listening to a lot of podcasts um, about gaming, getting a lot to it myself. But you saw things like Animal Crossing just take
4: huge,
2: Mm -hmm. sweeping numbers across the nation. Even games that came out like a couple years ago are getting popularity again, like Among Us, because people are streaming them, right? Right. Um, So millions of people are playing these games. Yeah, exactly. Twitch feeds and all of that has been helping a lot. Um, so I think gaming is just booming right now because of uh, COVID, ironically, even though they do have developers working remotely and whatnot. Um, but you see so many memes right now, especially with Among Us. I mean, come on, there's so many memes out there. Um, so I think it's really cool to see uh, gaming taking a big uh, center stage, if you will, right now during all this. I'm, I'm really glad you brought it up, too,
0: because it's it's become a vehicle for, you know, for Travis Scott to drop a concert in Fortnite. Um, right. You have uh, you have uh, Ocasio-Cortez playing among
2: us. On a I mean, Twitch you had Biden street. Island right. And Animal Crossing.
0: Right. Like, yeah, Biden has Animal <laughs> Crossing. Like it's it's now a place people are finally certain people who, you know, who want that sort of influence are finding finding a community in gaming that really probably didn't exist until, you know, until the last couple of years.
3: Mm. Yeah, it's crazy to see that AOC is out there on Twitch and Biden and everything like that. That Joe Biden plays Animal Crossing. It's nuts. Like, what? Um, <laughs> how gaming is and how gaming has made headlines in the course of the last year and stuff like that. And at least, at least I, I'm very happy that it is stuff like that and not stupid crap about video games messing up people's minds and everything so i'll gladly take Joe biden
4: playing animal crossing if it means if it means they're not how playing is, video games i'm sure if is
2: his sta- i'm sure it's his staffers doing he sits there and watches them like, play Animal no, crossing
1: no greg no it's joseph r biden himself
0: you're right you're right <laughs> i mean if it was trump he'd have time to do it <laughs> oh yeah, cool. he's oh
4: God, yeah, he's not doing anything.
2: Yeah, just taking diet pills and eat, uh, eating Big Macs. It's fine. There's yep, nothing. There's taking, literally nothing taking, going on right now. That needs
0: his attention anyway. So he played with having huge, huge BMs. <laughs> That's
1: right.
0: Oh, I like that you called a BMs So that was fantastic. Yep. <laughs> Dennis, how about you? Then? How but you you take the the next shot here. Um, man, there was a
1: lot of um stuff. You know, just random kind of culture stuff that I enjoyed. I thoroughly enjoyed and I didn't get to it you know when we were talking about um, TV stuff that we kind of found it was interesting but I loved the documentary um, series I'll be gone in the dark that was on HBO that was fantastic mm-hmm. um, the story, the story itself was really cool but obviously you know giving given the fact that um, oh my gosh um, why can't I think of her name now Michelle McNamara, Uh, Michelle. Yeah. Thank you. Michelle McNamara, you know, through the course of, of all the work that she did in investigating, um, the golden state killer, you know, ultimately passes away. It was heartbreaking in, there were just so many kind of fronts, um, and and threads that you were kind of focused on during that documentary series. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. I, there was a good three month period, I think during the summer when live events on Instagram were something that I was super into. Again, being laid off, the versus battles that happened on Instagram mm-hmm. were super entertaining and something I looked forward to. Watching, um, oh my God, John Legend and Alicia Keys do a, you know a live event where they're going back and forth and playing their music. Ludacris versus Nelly just oh the 2000s jams 2002 all over bad. again baby oh my god just hours of entertainment that was phenomenal that those were things that got you through those days when you're just like okay what all right cool uh, another day being inside like what are we gonna do so that was something where you could kind of you know lose yourself in something for a good two hours
0: no, for sure. But um, that, that is, I, I, you know what? I never, I never, I never bid on the versus battles, and I'm not really sure why. I think it's because, like, at work every day during like scouring our various news feeds, I would always like see the, like, there's like all these like columns that people wrote about like their dream versus matchups, and like yeah, okay, none of yeah. them ever really came to fruition. So, right, because you know some of those people were dead. Um, that, was, that was a big part <laughs> of it. But yeah, I just I never that, been in the versus <laughs> battles. And I probably really should have kind
1: of stopped the things. Yeah. yeah. It, it, you yeah. know, yeah, but even and then even little stuff like after those things have happened. Um, DJ uh, DJ D. Nice, who's like, you know, like a super famous um, DJ would do live shows mm-hmm. on his Instagram feed. And dude, he would just go for hours just just playing records and just having that on. And again, just enjoying something throughout the day of nothing was a fantastic way to end and most days.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Gemma Dude, my favorite pop culture thing of twenty twenty is when everybody appropriately shit on that stupid imagine video that all the celebrities did. <laughs> like I think this This might be the only time that our country was united. The entire (laughs) 2020 was against this video, and I still stand. I talked about this with Matt before. Um, It's okay that Gal Gadot did it, but everybody else—it's just—it's so bad. It's just not (laughs) worth it. So, but um, yeah. So that's mine. Everybody hating on that Imagine
2: video. It was fucking stupid. Like it was was real fucking Imagine all the money that we have that you don't.
3: (laughs) Right, and you notice how like. There's a whole bunch of things out there like the Met Gala and these different celebrity events where you really like celebrities do kind of like look out of touch with life and normal people. Oh yeah. Oh, this, going, huh? this was almost like the, this was like the not having to go to the Met Gala version of celebrities being completely out of touch with reality.
0: <laughs> it's so true. And you're right, Gal Gadot can do whatever she wants, but everyone else yeah, go fuck yourselves. It was it, it exactly. was That was one of those that was one of those things and for like our conservative for our conservative uh, clients that they are like talk radio clients um that want more conservative news. That was like that was like the sharks coming to feast on a dead body. <laughs> Bre- Breitbart <laughs> yeah. and fucking Daily Wire, Daily Signal, all these like websites were just having a field
3: day with it, it was so the Hollywood elites. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> They have Hollywood
0: people. West Coast liberals. Oh, my goodness. Um, good call, Chema. Um, you guys, I got to talk about OnlyFans real quick uh, since we brought it up. Before, since we brought up Chema's uh, OnlyFans.
1: By the way, why does that sound like it's a plug for something? It, <laughs> <laughs>
0: like Guys, I just want to talk about OnlyFans real only fans? Quick. But seriously, it has simultaneously helped mainstream pornography and make it jump the shark so fucking fast. Um, Ch- like Chama, you're you've obviously been with Jess for a while, so maybe this maybe between Dennis and Greg, um, you guys can back me up on this. Um, if you're if you know that's if you're if if you're familiar with like dating apps, but and I, Greg, I know you are, so it's fine. Um, I, I, no, because like we, Greg and I are, are creeps when we go to Bowling Green, um, but. <laughs> but I mean um, I, like I hate that he's right, but <laughs> <laughs> but how many times when you're on like Tinder or bumble or whatever, how many people as as the pandemic wore on, how many more women had an OnlyFans to to sell on Tinder compared to oh, the very so start
2: many. what's that so had oh, so just so many all the time everywhere. Yeah. Like it
0: literally like you'd see you'd see like one or two women, you know, sprinkled in and all of a sudden you get through like six, seven, eight in a row. Everyone has an OnlyFans. Everyone's selling themselves, which I don't care. It's not what like the that's not my concern about it. It's just that like everyone has it. Everyone has it now. OnlyFans has made pornography unappealing um, to to single lonely men. It has made it unappealing. Eventually, we're all going to have to have one. It's just gonna be something that you do. Um, and then all of the actual like real pornography content creators are gonna to move to a different platform and OnlyFans will be like um will be like MySpace. The MySpace of porn. That's what's gonna happen with it.
3: Yeah, Number for sure. One, could not agree with you anymore on that. OnlyFans is going to become the MySpace of porn because I'm telling you eventually over time, OnlyFans is like if it doesn't already have this like super disgusting, raunchy type of image It's going to develop that over time the exact same way that MySpace did. And there will be something else that maybe is all blue that starts with a letter F that comes around where everybody can now get the same experience, but without all the bullshit. You're right, that's that's what's gonna happen, dude. And I gotta tell you, like, um, Jess, actually, we were joking about this and we came all of like, you know, two clicks away from actually doing it. We were going to start an OnlyFans account where I sell, where I literally sell pictures of my feet just to see what would
0: happen. <laughs> <laughs> There's like, it, it's actually to me, it's not the raunchiness; it's the fact that it's like so banal and ordinary that, like, there are people selling ch- Cherry, the the one, the 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 workout girl with the big ass, the Cherry that I follow. Um, oh man, which which one? Fitbutchie. <laughs> deny it, deny it, Greg, deny it, deny it, Greg, deny it.
4: Um,
0: no, she has an OnlyFans, and it's like thirty dollars a month for like partial like nip slip pictures. Apparently, like it, that's what that's what I mean. Like it's gonna be so, <laughs> so banal and stupid that like everyone's just gonna be like, why why would I ever pay for this? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, especially
3: when everybody's able to offer themselves like basically to offer services like that on an individual level at some point in time, like this is re- like, if this is where people go to, you know, what they would normally go to for porn and stuff. So this is just going to be really, really awkward as far as like a rift being sent in the pleasure industry, I guess. Like this whole thing just seems really fucking weird to me. Like I, I know what it is, but I didn't know people could charge like monthly rates. Like I just thought you charged like five bucks for like for for the Netflix picture or something like that. Mm-hmm. So well, you like, can, you can do either guys. More.
1: Guys, do you, guys do you realize what we're talking about? We are talking about television streaming services.
0: Yeah, That's exactly.
1: Exactly yep. what they're doing. Exactly. It's so like specialized that eventually you're gonna have to pay a subscription to just watch all the seasons of uh, Game of Thrones, but you get just that. And then to watch uh, old episodes of Cheers, and that's all you get. No, oh, I'm paying for that, baby. <laughs> like, like that's, that's all. That's all that it is.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's the streaming service of people's genitals. <laughs> um, are, are we into we're into wild card here? Uh, Chema, how about you lead us off with just anything else that uh, you know that you want to talk about here?
3: Okay, well, I couldn't go an episode without talking about music or getting some type of nod to what i think is an album of the year and i gotta think that i gotta say it outright the best album of 2020 was run the jewels Four. thank like, you it's, uh, it's on the list it's on my list yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm telling you you just have this like not only is it like just a really good album music compositionally and all that kind of stuff just the social relevance and the timing and everything right, it has, right. i mean it just it takes this album to a whole a whole new meaning and this is my album of the year for this year, and what's crazy is I don't even think it's the best Run the Jewels album, and I think that's just a sign mm. of how good Run the Jewels actually
1: mm. are. Yeah, I oh man, I'm a hundred percent with you. It was on my list as well. It man, they just put out solid, solid albums yeah. every time they do it, and they do it in like they're taking. They're taking like, you know, beats and songs that I bet have been presented to so many artists and Uh and rappers and duos and groups who listen to that stuff and go, I can't, I don't even know what I would do with that. And then Killer Mike and LP come in and go, I know exactly what we could do on that. Like they're out there finding the things that most people just wouldn't even think twice about. And then lyrically what they're doing over it is just insane. I mean, yeah, pro- my two favorite songs, I mean, the whole album is just nonstop hard hitting. I think yeah, I think my one thing
3: or to another, to another. It's,
1: seriously. Mm-hmm. And I probably my two favorite tracks on that are probably holy Calamafuck."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I love, you know, when you get about 90 seconds or so, when that beat flips, and and changes about midway through the song is fantastic in um the track just with pharrell and zach zach de la roca's verse is just fire oh yeah and one Mm -hmm. of my favorite one of my favorite things too sometimes on youtube i I catch myself watching reaction videos and it's super that song in particular was really interesting because you know most of the people that are putting out that stuff on youtube are probably like in their I don't know, early to mid-20s who are current hip-hop fans, hip-hop fans of, like, the last, you know, eight years, ten years. So they're... They have a fairly narrow frame of reference and, and their reactions when they hear, um... Who is Zach D. LaRacha? Zach La Racha. Yeah, Zach D. Guy? D. La Racha. <laughs> like, oh, you mean the guy that's been around for 30 years? <laughs> oh, that guy? Right. Yeah, that He's guy kills... Every time mm-hmm. yeah, that album was phenomenal,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah,
3: really good stuff. By far and away, one of the best of the year.
0: Denny, how much? How about your wild card? If you're sorry, if you're done, I, no, because I would, you know, I was
1: gonna throw, um, and I know technically it came out in 2019, whatever, um, but Black Puma's self titled album, um, I think is one of the best albums of the year, it was phenomenal. Their lead track off of that, Colors, um, might be the best song of 2020. Okay. I think it's a song that those opening couple of chords, I think, are just, for me, so recognizable that even 20 to 25 years from now, I'm going to hear that and know exactly what song is playing. And uh, they're They're awesome. I mean, the Black Boomers are just getting started. I can't wait to see, you know, what they're going to do, you know, through the rest of their career. Um, their um, lead singer, Eric Burton, kind of has a Ronald Isley uh, thing to his voice, which which makes me want to just insert him into random R. Kelly songs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but Black, Black Boom was, that album was fantastic. Um, and then real quick, something that I just have to get this off my chest. It's something I can't stand. There is an AT&T commercial with the d- dude who's like, oh my God, these deals are amazing. I have to call my mom and tell her. So he proceeds to call his mother. But he ends up talking to some guy named Carl. Yeah. So you mean to tell me, You don't have your mother's phone number saved in your phone, first of all. (laughs) And not only that, so you just decide to dial any number, any number. And then when your mother doesn't answer the phone and it's some grown man, you just keep going. You just (laughs) act like that didn't happen. Get the hell out of
0: here. Either way, Carl's getting a great deal. Carl's, Carl's getting, getting a great, great deal on that iPhone 12 that you have,
1: Dennis. Cancel that damn commercial. That's ridiculous.
0: Can I can I give you <sighs> a really quick real life story that's similar? Yes. So back in Bowling Green, um, one a guy that I used to work with that Cherry actually met before um, Winslow. Oh, Winslow, <laughs> you know who yep, I'm Winslow. About I remember.
2: Remember. Yep. Was it the guy that ran at the at um, El Rodeo? Yep. Yep. Got it. <laughs> um, so. One, one New Year's Eve, um,
0: we had, uh, I must've been working cause I was stone sober. Um, Jones and I were both working and Winslow was like a cook and he was up there, he was up there just partying and drinking and he comes up to Jones. He's like, Hey Jones, is it okay if I borrow your cell phone real quick so I can call uh, my mom and dad to, or call my mom to, you know, wish her a happy new year. Jones's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. So he, you know, gives it to him. He walks off for a second. Comes back like five minutes later, hands the phone to Jones and goes, Yeah, man, I I don't I don't I can't remember her phone number, so I just didn't call her. And then just walked away. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> that is I mean, for me, that's the only phone number I actually remember. Right. Right, There's right. So many like I mean I can remember like phone numbers when we had actual landlines. Right. You know, from, like, you know, from our teenage years or something, right. I could still remember some of those phone numbers. How, I, I just, that's just, it's...
0: If you meet Winslow, you un- you'll understand. Range. I probably would. Yeah. Anyway. Uh,
2: Cherry, your, uh, your wild card. Yeah, my wild card. Sorry, I actually scrolled too far in my notes there. Oh, perfect. Um... So something that I'm really interesting this year, um, I'm probably going to talk about comedy a lot during all this, right? But just really interesting how comedy has evolved and adapted to all this. Um, I'm not sure if y'all seen in the areas that you're in, but there's been a lot of drive-in like um, movie theater shows, like outdoor movie theaters, Mm -hmm. and comedians have been doing drive-in shows like that. You know, projecting themselves on the big screen. People pull up, they dial into the radio, they honk their horns when they're laughing at something. Super interesting to see, and even with the vaccine really out and stuff, I definitely imagine venues picking this up a bit more as a tradition in the future Mm. and just to be safe and whatnot so i thought that was super interesting and just to see how commies evolving and adapting to everything right now um and also comedians are doing zoom shows and stuff and that's just i personally don't do zoom shows because i just think i just fucking bomb every time on zoom because i don't can't see my audience (laughs) well you can see them but you know it's just weird to make people laugh on a screen um But, yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting to see how entertainment right now is adapting in general. So I'm very interested to see how that evolves in the future.
1: Yeah, because Saturday Night Live for a while was doing that. They were doing Weekend Update.
2: Mm -hmm. You
1: you know, Michael Che and and Colin Jost. And they were doing it with, like, you know, like, I don't know, nine people, like, on a Zoom call. And it was super awkward. Right. (laughs) Because there was, uh, like, a couple-second delay. And so they're, they're just sitting there like, um okay so i guess they thought that was mildly funny we'll move on
0: <laughs> it's it's sort of the same way that like I, I, if, you, if you watch any of the late night shows like when colbert does a monologue and you're just kind of sitting there like no with no audience reinforcement to the joke and it's, right. it's very like eh, interesting i i don't know about this but okay let's you got to do what you got to do and there so there is i
1: uh damn it sorry i keep cutting chum off um Uh, I'll try to be real quick and then go to Adam. There is a comedian who had a special on HBO a couple years ago that I remembered seeing uh, Drew Michael and the entire special is basically just him by himself, like, you know, in kind of an open studio space where he's just Mm -hmm. walking around telling jokes and it's hilarious, but you're laughing on your own. Right. So the points in the, in the special can be, uh, for me, like some stuff was, I don't know how other people would respond. I know I was laughing my ass off at some parts that other people may not have picked up on or took and, and didn't laugh because they didn't have a cue. They didn't get a cue from somebody else or, or an entire group of people. You had to figure it out for yourself. I thought that was super interesting. If you get to see it, it's again, Drew Michael. Hmm.
2: Yeah, for sure. Harlan Harla
3: Williams John. does. Oh, sorry. Har- Harlan Williams does one of those too, where he's like in the middle of a desert or something like that, telling jokes to to no audience. Right. And it is. It is a completely different like perspective on comedy. I mean, like, or even a comedy experience. I mean, just sometimes i'm not gonna lie it is cool to have a little bit of a uh, hey by the way you're supposed to laugh here kind of nudge you know like maybe as you're even trying to figure out a comedian's style of stand-up humor sometimes it's nice to get pointed in the right direction from the audience but it is almost like a completely different like you almost have to adapt to a completely different situation where you're telling whole new kinds of material that um you know could be formatted for a lesser type audience and stuff. And I saw, I went to one comedy show, um, during this whole time, it was a socially distanced comedy event. And you go, you go to this uh, event and like, there are some comedians there that, um, you know, it was, it was pretty obvious that like they had not been at this for a while. And there were some that, um, that you could clearly tell were just doing zoom shows and hadn't been in front of a live audience before. And then all of a sudden, Eliza Schlesinger shows up and is like a fucking rock star and doesn't like <laughs> and does it like she just did it like two days ago in Madison Square Garden. So right,
1: and um, would I, probably I was, do that same performance the exact same way if she were in her bathroom. Yeah, right. like that's how yeah. good you know what I mean and well prepared. That yeah, stuff. Yeah, it, it was
3: it was really interesting to see like a wide net cast of different like comedic talents and stuff and. It was really it was very very easy to draw the line between somebody like eliza schlesinger and even this guy who is the host this guy named matt ray who is just this really good looking dude but was nowhere near the comedic like presence as like anybody else on the um on the bill
2: mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's been a really weird uh time to adjust and whatnot but I mean, you know, comedians, we're narcissists, and we're down for uh, punishment as well, you know, so we're uh, definitely going to keep doing whatever we can to get attention. So if it means doing socially distant shows or Zoom shows, we'll find a way. I think you mean masochist. <laughs> yeah, I think... Masochist, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What right. did I say? Right. Uh, Narcissist. So, yeah, oh, we're narcissists. You, it's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I got you. Um, Yeah, no, I, I'm Cherry do you think besides like I think you're right and I I know we'll get to some of the lasting impact stuff here in a little bit but um, do you think that that's going to lead to more or less opportunities for certain comedians for up and coming comedians or you know just people who want to get into comedy more or less opportunities.
2: I think in a way it's going to, to an extent, give them more opportunities because once things start leveling back out and we start getting a bit more towards you know normalcy, the comedians that have been doing this for a while or even like, you know, like your people like me, that have only been here for like a year and a half. But we have enough experience, you know, to be comfortable. Like we're all going to be kind of the same playing field. Like we're all mm-hmm. not going to have performed from a live audience in a long time or very sparingly, if at all. And it kind of does level us all back to square one where we have, you know, a set list that we did a year ago and we need to come up with new material. And new comedians, you know, of course, they're coming with new material as well. So it's kind of an equalizer in a way to an extent. Of course, experience, stage presence, reading a crowd, that's all going to come with time. But to an extent, it's kind of all putting us back a little bit towards uh, the starting line in a way.
0: I gotcha. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense.
2: Yeah. Just curious
0: how you you kind of see like this little... um... I guess it's more than a bump, in a, a bump in the road, but you know what I mean. Right. Um, Chema, I want to talk about something. I sent you this article um, from Daily Cause. And this is something that I think that in our political episode, in our election episode, Chema and I talked about like the shy Trump voter or the hidden Trump vote. And this, um, this political researcher lays out a different argument about why pollsters don't pick up Certain percentages of the Trump vote; hence, why the polls were very off in 2016, and they're actually even off in 2020. Um, in 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 a, in a certain way, they were off. Um, um, it's not so much that they're shy Trump voters; it's that Trump voters are only showing up when Trump is on the ballot, if you will, um, and they're voting out of spite and nothing more. That because if you look at if you look at the 2017, 18, and 19 election any any local and general elections in those years they the pollsters played it out right and they like basically nailed everything right but in the two years 2016 2020 where trump was in play for the presidency more people showed up and more of those people showed up from areas that are they're they're basically so they're economically depressed areas with minimal opportunities is where a lot of these people showed up from this is trump's people So they're people that are showing up and voting out of spite for what other people have. And this, there's a whole, I I don't want to get like, I don't want to just basically recite the article, but like, there's a lot of really good points about like the makeup of where these voters are coming from. Um, Like I said before, they don't, they don't turn out for, you know, for midterm elections or local state level elections. Um, They're socially disconnected. Um, They live in shitty areas with minimal opportunities. And, they're they're basically voting for an agent of chaos because their lives are so shitty that they might as well make everyone else's life shitty. And that's really what the Trump vote. I mean, there's obviously hardcore Republicans that are just going to vote for the letter R no matter what. But I think there's a very significant percentage. I agree with this article on there's a very significant percentage of people that just don't give a fuck. So why not vote for someone else who doesn't give a fuck? Hmm.
3: <laughs> Yeah. After reading the article, yes, this whole group of people that carry the burn the house down type mentality and everything, these were the type of people that came out and like and that were Trump supporters. It's crazy that they align themselves with the Republican Party. I don't know. I mean, it's just it seems like weird that if you are one of these burn the house down types that you would not affiliate yourself with some type of political type thing i don't know it's just like when millennials say they hate labels but then call themselves millennials and label themselves So, so this whole this whole thing like it definitely makes sense because um now the type of people that i know that are like that are these type of people, and we have them in our Facebook feeds and stuff like that. And there are people that we know from high school that are like this. And these are these are the dudes that like retweet Alex Jones stuff and like the conspiracy, you know, um like websites and everything like that. And this is their like source of news or whatever. The government's out to get them, all this stuff. So let's lizard people. Let's, yeah, the lizard yeah. people. Like so, so, so they're just like, hey, let's vote for this guy who. You know whether it's because he's such a shitty leader, or maybe it's because that's what he may think that he's going to do. Hey, let's just vote for the guy who's going to bring the whole thing down with us. You know, and and you're right. They come from these areas where, you know, it could be like um like Bellevue, Ohio. You know, which is going out west, like somewhere between Cleveland and Bowling Green, like a little bit south. It's off of Route uh, Route Two going west. Or yeah, Bellevue. And so like this area you drive through it and it's like, at one point in time, it looks like there was a steel mill or something there. You know, it looks like there was some sort of industry that just left the town. Mm -hmm. And these people are mad because those jobs maybe went overseas or something. There's some way that the federal government screwed them over. And this is their way to get one back on the world.
0: Dennis, cherry, any thoughts? Yeah, uh,
1: definitely. When these, you know, people who are now, you know, over the last um, four years during the Trump administration, now labeled as Trump voters or Trump supporters, and and I see this, you know, on, on, on my own Facebook and people that I went to high school with, um, it, the things that get kind of posted or retweeted or reposted or shared, shared and all this stuff, are things that I don't know if these people would have come to these conclusions themselves.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. I mean, you know what I mean? Like yes. 10 years ago, before the prominence and all the stuff is pushed on us, would you have come to the conclusion that, you know, a pizza place in Washington, D.C., was, was running a secret child sex ring led by Hillary Clinton. Uh, like, really? How would you have ever come to that, Real, you know, that, that reasoning? You probably wouldn't. And the part, one of the other thoughts that I, I, I come to and I think about is um, Noam Chomsky's uh, documentary and his, I guess, basically his last long-form um, lecture, mm-hmm. the, the constant, uh, well, it was called Uh, Requiem for American Dream. Um, But he talks about uh, different tenets of the concentration of power and wealth and how the idea is to basically have an electorate that isn't really paying attention to the truth and therefore vote directly against their own interests. That's what blows my mind, Mm -hmm. is how can you constantly think just vote against things that are objectively not helping you at all. I mean, just right. think of over the, over the course of, you know, again, just take basically a 25 to 30 year period. Let's kind of go back to Clinton. Bill Clinton ran, I believe, two separate surpluses, budget surpluses, where we weren't blowing up the national debt. We were actually starting to pay it off. Then George Bush comes in. Obviously, you know, 9-11 and there's a lot of circumstances, but we start to balloon the deficit again. We crash the economy. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama has to come in and, and, and along with Congress and, um, and, the, and the Senate, try to come up with recovery packages that will stimulate the economy and recover from, you know, a terrible recession. And the, the economy begins to grow in the last four years of Barack Obama and then donald trump comes in and i'm i know i'm just nitpicking a couple things but of the last four presidents two have been democratic we've run pretty strong economies there two of them were republicans and ran absolute dog shit economies why but, do you keep voting for these up, people so that's all that matters yeah exactly all the money that all the stocks that i own <laughs> Right. (laughs) All the stocks that we all that we all own, please. It's just it just blows my mind that you can continue to do this. It's not helping you. When has it ever helped you? And you can make the argument that most politicians don't help you. I get that. But there is there's at least it seems to me. And there's a pretty strong case you can make one part of this country the democratic part of this country is offering options for us to move forward. And the other part of the country doesn't want to come with us.
0: Mm. You're correct. I would, I would, just, I would posit this question for everyone. What is the Republican policy? What is their, what is their wide platform it's, policy? They're,
1: they're not fiscally conservative anymore. That's no. long gone.
0: It's just, it's just, let's just do the opposite of what the Democrats are doing. And if that exactly. means slash let's and burn be, everything, then that's what we do. <laughs> right.
1: So, yeah, and let's just say that just Jesus be, wanted it. Yeah, just be contrarians. Yeah. <laughs> just be contrarians. And I I would wonder, and I've thought of, I had this kind of like thought experiment many times. If I ran a campaign or at least ran, you know, some sort of policy or something that I wanted to put out there, and I purposely lied about it, just to see how it would be covered. And how people would respond. If 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 the Republican Party, like if all of a sudden Democrats said, Absolutely we want to murder babies, abortion, mm-hmm. full steam ahead. Or not mm-hmm. abortion. No, I'm getting my thoughts um, backwards. Um no, I got you. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying. If mm-hmm. if Republicans would turn around and go, Well, oh no, we can't we can't have abortion. What you know, just flip the policy. Like, wait, wait, wait a second. We want full abortion. Mm. All the murdered babies. Republicans want to murder every baby.
0: Mitch McConnell comes out in the Senate floor. Uh, the biggest thing we need to do here is how do we drown babies in mass? <laughs> right. Right. Obama's policy of not drowning babies is antithetical to American values. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> he wanted to draw them in the river. I say a lake. We can right.
0: do more. Chair, any, any thoughts on on this this idea of Trump voters just basically being the uh, the Joker, the the um, the Christopher Nolan version of the Joker?
2: Yeah, I mean, so I mean, you all had good, very good points, you know, about you know voting for Trump and up to the election. But it just blows my mind when I see people on Facebook trying to still defend the fact that Trump has won and that things are going to be reversed and it's funny though because all those same people would uh, you know up to the election be like oh you all are snowflakes or libtards or sheep or yada 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 mm-hmm. and now we all get to yeah. make fun of them and they don't know how to defend themselves and Can't I am living it. for it and right. it's like I saw a meme uh, today that's um, it said Republicans you all are a bunch of sheep and it said also Republicans the lord is my shepherd yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, perfect. that everything up perfectly.
1: <laughs> yeah, there were some weird, weird moments just before the election that I noticed, because, you know, and in, in the kind of the suburbs, the west side of, of Cleveland is, I would say, pretty liberal. You know, I mean, if you know the area of Lakewood, uh, you would be hard pressed <laughs> to find anyone with a Trump sign in their yard. Right, and so I, you know, the things that we kind of pick up on Twitter, where we see, you know, the videos of somebody rolling up in their car, rolling down the windows, and just yelling the n-word at people, and all that, you know, I, I, that didn't seem to be happening in in this kind of area of Cleveland, or at least mm-hmm. we weren't aware of it or noticed it much, until a few days before the election when I noticed a truck in my apartment complex that I was driving behind. That had a giant Trump flag, of course, um, Yeah, just um, one or 30 place, place just just one. Oh, okay. that said, that said Trump, Trump Trump 2020, fuck your feelings." Uh-huh. And I, and I had that momentary reaction where I really wanted to you know respond or yell something or do something you know kind of um, outrageous but it just kind of made me disappointed that there are so many people who actually thought that, that went, you know what? Yeah. Fuck your feelings. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Fuck my feelings. Here's Because I don't want the same things you do. I don't want economic security. I don't want to be safe. I don't want to have uh, upward mobility socially and economically.
0: Really? I don't think that's what they want though. I, I, I like that's what that's the point I don't think that's what they want they just want to fuck your feelings I think cruelty is the point
3: mm. <laughs> yeah just being just being as much of a loud obnoxious asshole as you could possibly be and stuff and and honestly that's why to a way like this whole loss and everything like that is so hard for them to accept is because you have this guy who goes out there and it's just like I'm a winner, I'm a winner, the devs are losers, he's a loser, she's a loser, and then this guy gets his ass handed to him, then <laughs> this is, it's a completely different thing than, like, you know, you hear all this stuff about, like, hey, well, the Democrats, they, they played this Russia thing for four years, and it was a hoax, and I was telling Matt about this, so it's like it wasn't a hoax, there was a bunch of crazy-ass shit that went down there, it was just, <laughs> un- un- unfortunately for the left, the right was in power and was able to control the information, I mean, if you would have like I highly doubt it would have mattered at the point in time that they, you know, that the news broke about Bill Barr reading the Mueller report or whatever. But right. it's something. But the only reason that they're in this position is because they had the upper hand. And instead of having like a little bit of class about it and not being one of these, hey, we're so winners, which the Democrats never ever did under eight years of Obama. I've never seen Democrats act the way Republicans did under Trump. Right. And, and all of a sudden, like, yeah, you're a big, strong man or whatever that you can't figure out how this guy would lose, even though 300,000 Americans have died and this guy completely fucking screwed up our economy. They, it's completely, like, oblivious to them that this, somebody would even vote against this guy. Like, man, how could yeah. he possibly go against Donald Trump? It's crazy. Because
1: they were told a lie over and over and over that, against, that eventually they started to believe. And wasn't yeah, that Joseph Goebbels? Exactly. Wasn't a big part of Joseph Goebbels' um, propaganda plan for the Nazis was if you continue to lie about it, eventually it won't feel like a lie.
3: That's right. Exactly. Eventually they'll just start believing it, for sure.
0: Dennis, you brought it full circle. I like it. I like Mm -hmm. it. It's what I do.
1: (laughs) Tie a bow on this Christmas present. (laughs) (laughs)